Or ho, ho, ho. Thank you. Hi, kids. Hi. Him and her on the radio. Oh, boy. We just had a fireworks display, which was fun. Yeah, put, we forgot that they they do that. At 9 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, two more Saturdays. Since we haven't started at 9 o'clock for, <laughs> for a while. A while. Uh, I put up two pictures of fireworks. Uh, as I said, it's hard to work around the reflections with all the glass in here, but you get the idea. Uh, it was pretty spectacular. And those pictures are on our uh, Facebook page. So the uh, Facebook address, cleverly enough, is facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny Show. And you will see the fireworks pictures and some of the pictures that uh, Johnny took as we were driving into the station mm-hmm. tonight. And we should say, right right off the bat, we should say, A, we have a ton of things planned for tonight. Mm-hmm. B, uh, we uh, just recently found out that this will be our last show. I just kind of like that pregnant pause. <laughs> oh, you're mean. I almost spit out my coffee. I know. I went, boom. What do you know? This will be our last show before Christmas because oh, next week mean. there is going to be a uh, Blackhawks game and some special holiday programming. Yes. So because of that, we're going to do a lot of um, Christmassy things tonight. Right. We've got eight hours of Christmas stuff to squeeze in in the next five hours. Santa and his elves have Mm -hmm. been helping us and showing us how to uh, put a lot of stuff into this little bag. In fact, we have a few of Santa's elves in the studio with us right now. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, ho. Okay. Yeah, we said everybody coming in the studio because we've cooled it down. Adam Phillips is our engineer tonight, and I texted him earlier. I said, can you throw some ice in the studio? <laughs> so we walked in and went, yes. What does Hockberg usually have it up to about 107 in here? <laughs> yeah, they like it hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like to work up a sweat so they can say to management, look how hard we're working, yeah, slaving over a hot microphone. <laughs> That's why yeah. blood pressure so high. That's, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You should point that out. That's um, Julian on the other side of the glass, yes. uh, who is our producer, who uh, keeps us uh, kind uh, of more or less on the straight and narrow. <laughs> right. And in the studio with us, uh, a guy that we haven't seen in much too long, Adam Phillips, uh, who hey is guys, the, uh, one of doing? the keepers of the big plug. Yes, and with Wiz, you were with us forever. Did Long you know time. that last week was the 12th anniversary of our very last regular all-night show? No. 12, wow. years, 12 ago. years ago? Yes. I was there that night. I know. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I, well, well, anyway, here we are in the 21st century, right? Yes. Also in the studio with us uh, is Krista Flores. Yes. Uh, Krista was nice enough to hang out and come on over to our place uh, earlier this week. And uh, uh, Krista also is one of the keepers of the big plug. In fact, it takes both Krista and Adam to pull that yes. big plug in. And, and No, you know. uh, Krista can just tell them how to do it. That's how it is, yeah. right, Krista? Because <laughs> she plays a part of the girl on that team. And in fact, when we saw Krista at our house on Wednesday, we got to visit with our Former engineer Aubrey Mumpower, who still looked the same. 
has yeah. not changed a bit. No. Hasn't gained an iota, doesn't have another wrinkle, and his hair's the same <laughs> length. He still looks just like Arlo Guthrie. Do you, Ron, do you know uh, Aubrey Mumpower? No, I don't. I haven't met Arlo, Arlo Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie, yeah. I know. But. The, well, you would mistaken the two of them if you saw them. Really? Seriously. That's he a looks great e- comparison. It looks exactly like him, and he looked like that in the 80s, the 90s, until he retired a few years ago. <laughs> Never and, changes. And that that look made our first introduction to Aubrey even more interesting. Yes. We first met Aubrey. This is back in the day when WGN Radio was still broadcasting from Bradley, uh, Bradley Place. And they were constructing the studios in the Tribune Tower. Our then general manager, Dan Fabian, brings us over. Let's take a look at the tower. We go into what turned out to be Studio A. We're walking around. And all of a sudden, out of the floor, Aubrey's head pops up. <laughs> Nobody knew that you could get because, down in the floor. Because he was laying cable and wires and stuff. Underneath, and that was our introduction to Arlo Guthrie Aubrey. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, we have a, a sack full of goodies here mm-hmm. that we would like to share with the team. Should we take a break so that Julian can uh, take okay. care of that on the other side of the glass and he could scurry right. in here and we could all be together, right? All right. Um, Coming up tonight, Susie Boggles is going to join us and talk about her fabulous new CD. Muriel Anderson will be joining us. She has a new game out. We got our hands on it. We want her back on the radio to talk about the fact you can get it before Christmas. Susie has a cookbook and a new CD. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking. We will introduce you to a, uh, yeah. a new author, new to us yes. author. Christmas at the Movies by Jeremy Arnold. Fabulous book, beautiful, great gift idea. we got a whole bunch of gift ideas we're going to talk about tonight, too. So let's take a break, and we'll get down to gifting right after this on WGN. Oh, hello. <laughs> we're all flapping our jaws over here behind. And Steve's rebuilding his chair. Uh, <laughs> these chairs are kind of um, fun. If you want to take a ride, because you sit down and all of a sudden you just just kind of deflate. And then if you try to inflate yourself, you shoot up in the air and okay. So so we have uh, a tunnel people in the studio with us. At least four. And this being our our last show before Christmas. We have some some goodies that we wanted to to spread out to the assembled multitude. Yeah. Now, one of the requirements is you open it on the radio. Uh, by the way, Krista doesn't get anything. Yeah. She got coal in her. <laughs> What's up with that? Oh, this is great. Actually, thank she you. She opened hers already. Yeah, I already got mine. <laughs> uh, there you go, Adam. Wow, thank you. There you go, Julian. Dr. Shin. Yes. And uh, let's start with uh, Ron. With Ron. Hey, I like the way that sounds. Okay. Because you might have to run back to the newsroom at any point. Enough of this frivolity. Citrus? Well, actually, it's my favorite beverage, so. (laughs) Oh, okay. It looks like something to wear. It is something to wear. Oh, very, very cool. (laughs) It's a Christmas tree playing a guitar. Oh, look what it (laughs) says underneath it. Oh, what does it say? It says... Spruce Springsteen. Yes! <laughs> we saw that, and that had your name oh. all over Or the guy who loves Bruce Springsteen. I love Bruce Springsteen. And he, look at the, the around the Christmas tree's neck. 
Oh, yeah, and he's got a, a, an American flag bandana. Yes, yes, around the Christmas tree. Fantastic. You know what? I'm going to take your picture. Hold it okay. up. So we can put that on the Facebook page. and Just say Limburger. Uh-huh. Limburger. Oh, wait, wait, let me get ready. Okay, let me zoom in on you there. Oh, this is fantastic. Thank you, guys. As Spike said for years, you don't get this kind of radio up and down the dial. (laughs) Now, see, you've got it a week in advance so you can wear it for Christmas. I will. I'll wear it at the Christmas party, sure. Now, Krista really didn't get coal in her stocking. We we gave it to her on Wednesday night when we had dinner. Yes. Because her favorite color is, in fact, Christmas lights. (laughs) So that's what her T-shirt reads. Adam, you're next. All right. Yes. I wasn't expecting this. Well, no. We heard you were joining us. Are you kidding? And again, this is a case of we saw this and we said, Adam. (laughs) Yes. Let's see if Adam agrees. Probably. Okay. T-shirt black. Yes. Duct tape can't fix stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But. But. But it can't muffle the sound. (laughs) And, and for a sound guy, what's more perfect? <laughs> okay. That's perfect, actually. <laughs> Drop it down a little bit so we can see your face. Here, Drop here. it down, Adam. Drop it. There we go. Good deal. That's a good one. <laughs> and Johnny will be yeah, uh, posting you. these pictures on our Facebook page. Duct tape can't fix stupid, but no. it can, it can muffle, muffle the sound. <laughs> I will wear this at work. <laughs> <laughs> good. I will wear this And if somebody questions you, say, hey, it was a gift. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to offend yeah. them, right? Yeah, right? Okay. Now it's Mr. Julian's turn. Okay. Drum roll, please. Young Julian. <laughs> Oh, it's so much fun opening presents. And t-shirts are so much fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's got the same box because that's what I order online. The, the, water. the true citrus. As opposed to the false citrus. This is true, yes. And Julian's is... <clears throat> Music is what colors sounds like. Yes. Color sounds like English. And... Headphones. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yes. That's nice. Let me get your picture, too, young Julian. All righty. Yeah. Say Limburger. Limburger. Good, 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 good. That's just such a neat uh, logo. Music is what colors sound like. Yeah. And you start thinking about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're colorblind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> or you're like your brother. You have synesthesia. Yeah. Where words Have you ever heard of synesthesia? No, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Literally, if you're talking to my brother, he's seeing what you're saying in, in different colors. colors. And if know he, that was a thing. If yeah. it, in fact, who else? who is the actress uh, that also has that? I don't recall, but there is someone we learned, uh, they, they finally said, oh, I, I thought I was the only one. So synesthesia is what it's called. Yeah, or synesthesia. And literally, he'll look at a billboard, and it's wrong to him because the colors of the words are not the correct colors. Like, uh, there was a, a drink, Green River, mm-hmm. and green, to him, was not green. It so the Green River should have been color. some other color. And there, huh. you, can, you can look it up... Um, uh, do a web search. Yeah, but but this is a thing, and apparently there. He's uh, had it all his life. Yeah. I, for, I forget the uh, the percentage of people in the world that have synesthesia, mm-hmm. but it, there's a significant amount of people that yes. have that. Yes. Okay. Before you guys get back to your business of running a radio station, Ron Brown. Before you run back to the newsroom, what is the one thing you're looking forward to on Christmas? Uh, spending time with uh, my youngest son Jesse and his yeah. uh, 
his new bride, uh, Alicia. We're going nice. to have a great time together. Oh, good, so. good, good. And You're going to be uh, at home, or are you going to... Uh, they live in Waukegan. They moved up okay. just last year. So, Are they the ones that you spent Thanksgiving with? It is, yes. With that $900 ham? It, it, I didn't spend that much, but yeah, <laughs> it was the uh, it was the honey-baked ham. So he said he had a honey-baked ham, and we went, what? Honey-baked ham is still around? So literally... We, we went hunting for honey-baked ham. The next Monday. That was on a Saturday. And it, in fact, I think my brother Lee is listening right now, yes. and, and this will oh, come as perfect. a shock to him because uh, he's going to be at our house for uh, for Christmas. So we thought, well, we haven't had honey baked ham in such a long time. Let's go up and let's get a honey baked ham. I went in the store. The guy behind the, the counter, I said to him after I said, is it gluten free? He had to go back and ask the supervisor. He comes back and he goes, yeah. And I thought, mm, I'm not really convinced, but because uh, he was like, mm. and, and the, oh, and then I said, um, you mean a lot of people don't ask that? He goes, well, no. And after all, I'm vegetarian. And I'm thinking, you're working in a ham shop. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Wrong that's job. weird. <laughs> and then I said, how much would a ten pound ham be? Now, and, before you give the answer, he looked at his computer. How much do you think? Well, Ron knows. I told him because I ran okay. in and said, "Did you pay this much?" What do you think, Krista? Krista? What do you I think? Have no idea. Because right now at Jewel, with $25 worth of groceries, you get it for 99 cents a pound. So I think I got one for 12 bucks, right? He looked at the computer and he said, uh, $100. Oh, my God. I said, $100? Yeah. $10 a pound? And he's looking at his computer and he goes, yeah. For a ham? Wow. So, $100. I ran in to say to you, did you pay that? No, and sure Gabe in the newsroom said, they must rub it down with gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. That was a smoky one for Really ham. good ham. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think the guy actually turned on the computer. I just think he chose a number out of, there was not a soul in the store. Of course, it was on a Monday. It was after Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, I, I said, so if I did want to buy one, he said, I'd go online if I were you. <laughs> yeah. else, okay. He was not interested in us buying anything from his store. Eh, too much money and buy it online. And, it's $100. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, That's probably 50 for him and 50 yeah. for the ham. Wow. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, you guys. Christy, you're going to California. You yeah, leave on Monday. Home. Home. Yay for you. Yes. It's going to be fun. Nice. Adam, what are you going to be doing for Christmas? I'm just going to be at home, day off, hanging out with the family. You're going to be smoking cool. something. After coming, something, yeah. After coming yeah. back from yeah. Vegas. Yeah, I'll be in Vegas next week. Oh, that's right, for Northwestern. Northwestern for the Bulls. Yes, game. yes. So I fly back on Christmas Eve. When uh, you go out there, you got to take some pictures of that. You've seen that new dome? The beer is awesome. That's crazy. Oh, amazing. I want a behind-the-scenes technical tour of yeah. the thing. I think it's just amazing. And the thing that, that I wonder about, because I've seen – a lot of shots on social media of that, and some of them are done during rush hour. And I wonder how distracting is that to people on their way to or from work? Have when you yeah. seen the eyeball? Yes. Yes. For, for, for people who don't know, if you can imagine, okay, let's say the Thompson Center, about that size, but a, An com- eyeball. a, a complete dome. Yeah. And it's like there's a an eyeball. They can change everything on it. Everything. So it, mm. at, in morning rush hour, they have a, it's just an eyeball that's looking at traffic <laughs> so, back and forth. Google the spear in Las Vegas. It's the, unreal. It's freaky. The location of it, it's right behind the Venetian. So right behind yeah. the Venetian Convention Center. And there's 
apartments. There's houses over there too. Oh, so, so even they more get than that, that coming yeah, into their house. Yeah, waking up in the morning or wow. in the middle of the night and seeing the eyeball. Wow. And I guess inside that, because you too was out there just yes. recently, and the inside is as flexible as the outside. So when U2 was performing, they had incredible staging going on. Yeah. And, oh, they, and they do things all the changing. graphics in the room. Yeah. The whole room on. was like the a whole graphic. All around you. Yeah. Did, like you see, IMAX. did you see the price tag on that? It no, was like how much $2 was it? billion. Dollars. Hello. Ooh. So they're going to have to make that money up somehow. Oh, so they got it, they got it from Honey Baked Ham? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick story, Adam. Um, you know Patrick Crispin, yeah, yeah, our yeah. computer guy. He's yeah. going to be on tonight. So the last time he was on with us two weeks ago, he said, I'm hoping that Alabama, because he's an Alabama boy, that, yeah. Alab- that Alabama gets into the Rose Bowl. Well, Alabama will be in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Guess where the Crispins live? They live on the Rose Bowl parade route. Oh, Literally, wow. you can on the go route. out on his balcony and you can watch the Rose Bowl But they'll parade. be here. Yeah. Oh, so they'll be watching it from our living room. <laughs> Instead of their balcony. Yeah, it's, it's, yes. it's uh, Michigan against Alabama. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. That's going to be a big one, too. Be a great game. Yeah. 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 Julian, what are you hoping for on Christmas? Uh, to actually relax and yeah. enjoy my day off. And feel good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And eat good food. Paella, right? I don't know. I think we're going to take a break for this Christmas. Oh, because we just saw something the other day about someone who's making it. And I said, that's what Julian's family makes so well. Paella. Oh, Oh, yeah. We go crazy. (laughs) And then you eat, right? You go crazy, then you eat. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a crazy day. Oh, gosh. Now I'm hungry. How many people are going to be coming over to your house on Christmas? Uh, We're going over to my aunt's house, and it's usually a couple dozen people. Well, that's nice. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. And they talk about getting hot. That's when it gets hot in the house, mm. when you have that many people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've cooled it down to here. we got a lot of things to do tonight. Thank you, guys. It's always yeah, a pleasure you. working with you. Krista, have a great time yeah, in California. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Julian, go back to your, your post. <laughs> Back to your hole, Julian. Yes. Um, we are <laughs> and that's gonna... pretty much what the, the show is going to be about tonight. It's all going to be about Christmas. We're going to be giving you some, some gift suggestions. Uh, some of the people we'll be talking to have products that we're not just shilling for them. These are things we specifically asked these people to join us because these are things that we have looked at and thought, you know, this is really kind of cool. Yeah. We should share the wealth yeah. with the kids. Yeah. So we got a couple of books and a game and a number of CDs to tell you about tonight. And Patrick Chrisman is going to be uh, sharing some tech Christmas gift ideas. Yes, including the drone that he wants to fly around our apartment. Yeah. Inside the apartment. Yeah, cool. Yeah. He is actually a 14-year-old boy in that body. So, yeah. But again, thank you guys. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come right back. At some point in the next hour, we'll have the shout-out for all of you listening because we got people listening. And well, I've already counted uh, nine states that are tuned in tonight, okay. including Chicago. Yay. The state of Chicago. All right. Okay. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. I wish that I had done the things that I can't do when I'm too old to play. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's kind of a twofer. That's a... Two of our guests for tonight. Yeah. Uh, in a little while, we're going to be talking with Susie Bogus. Uh, she's the one with the pretty voice. And the one with the incredible guitar that you heard playing there is Muriel Anderson, and that is the title track from Muriel Anderson's new CD. And I know we've talked with Muriel about this before, 
but we got our hands on the CD and the companion game. And wow. they are extraordinary. Wow. The quality, not not just because Muriel is a friend of ours, but we had to call Muriel when we were listening and looking at these things, and we said, we got to get you back on yes. and tell the kids that for Christmas, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, mm-hmm. would this, either one of these or both, make a wonderful Christmas gift. And Muriel's with us on the phone. How are you tonight, Muriel, hey, Muriel. Anderson? Hey, wonderful. How are you? Good, good, good. So we called you and said, I, I, you know what, we, we know, we've known you so long, we know everything you touch is going to be quality, but I didn't expect this game to be so fabulous. I mean, it folds out and you've got the map and it's full color and wow. You want to explain the, the, the whole, um, the, 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 the concept of the, of the game and, and the, the CD. CD. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to thank Captain Brian for uh, for that for mm-hmm. the, uh, the game. He's uh, not only the captain of the boat, but the designer and photographer, and uh, so it's, he, he did just a fab- fabulous job in capturing our adventure while sailing from the south shore of Long Island to Maine. Um, in the game and the graphics, and I captured the adventure and the music. <laughs> did you write the music while you were sailing? Yes. It, uh, it happened during, uh, actually it was two sailing trips that we mm-hmm. took. Uh, so it's been over a course of two years. This mm-hmm. has been percolating. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was thinking, how do we share you know, some of the amazing things that happen, the amazing things we see, the adventures we have? And as they unfolded, some of them just turned into songs or instrumentals, mm-hmm. and we captured some of the uh, some of the fun in a board game that accompanies our trip. Now we haven't actually played the board game, but knowing you, I suspect that if you put the CD on when you start playing the game, probably the length of the CD is the length of the game. Am I correct? You were right. No, of course. You are so smart. <laughs> but but then we'll have a chance to experience this yes. because uh, Muriel and Brian are coming over and hanging yes. out with us this coming Monday night. So I think that may be on the agenda, Muriel. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we'll play the game. What what a treat to be able to play the game with the, the folks who actually made the darn thing. So, but, but, but I'm like Johnny. I'm blown away by the quality. It's one thing. You've been making music just about all your life. You've been putting out CDs forever. But all of a sudden, you get this idea of, okay, let's uh, let's make a game to go with this. Now, this is where you call Brian in and said, okay, um, work your magic, or how did you... Because this looks as good as any game you could get from yeah. anybody. It is professional. It's uh, The graphics are cool. I mean, it's just... So how did you go from point A to... It's a finished product. Yeah. Yeah, well, we worked together, and then we fought together, and then we worked together some more (laughs) (laughs) uh, to make it just the best that it could be. And and then we brought it to some people and played it and then took notes and said, okay, what what things can make it more fun and more exciting? Then we took it to other people, and uh, they played the prototype, and we took some more notes. So we kept on changing it uh, until it's it's really capturing the feel that we were looking after. And it's a way that you can interact with the fellow players, uh, there's some uh, funny 
multiple choice questions. <laughs> so it's uh, I think that it's now what we wanted. And Muriel, am I right? You don't have to be a sailor to enjoy the the fact that you can get immersed into the sailing experience in the board game. That's right. That's why we made the multiple choice question. Multiple guests. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and last, I think when we talked to you last week when we uh, opened up the game and we were so blown away by it, um, uh, Captain Brian was actually bagging up fish. And at first I thought, well, but it was fish for the game, right? You, you guys are hands on from beginning to end. Beginning to end. Uh, well, the, the two little girls next door helped us to count the 50 fish and the go in each bag and the 50 <laughs> experience tokens that go in, uh, you know, because when you gain an experience, whether it's a good or a bad experience, you get a token and, and you might just be one of the winners. That's but right. we should explain that the fish are frozen so the game doesn't smell fishy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the way we play it uh, is we get a bag of goldfish crackers. and oh, yeah. so it's, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> the little paper fish, we, we uh <laughs> You know, get the goldfish crackers, and then we eat them at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just giggling because I, I can't imagine having a vision like this and then making it a reality, and then on top of that, making it a really cool reality. So, Okay, but we're getting some some text from some yes. people, so we should answer a couple okay. questions. One, if they want to get it, how do they do it? Where do they go? MurielAnderson.com? MurielAnderson.com, and I would recommend clicking on the priority mail option mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to get it sooner. Um, and and if, if people want to get this for a Christmas present, do you still have enough CDs and or games for, uh, for Christmas delivery? We are actually getting low, but uh, I believe we do. Uh, we still have, uh, Pamela has some in stock, so she'll be sending them out, out uh, from Virginia. And, and we can't we can't guarantee the postal service. I think that right. they're about as predictable as the weather. So, <laughs> um, but uh, some people have been getting them uh, quite expediently. So, so what's the cost? What's the cost of the combination of the CD and the game? Because that's the ideal package. Thank you. CD and game are fifty five. Fifty five, and if uh, you just want the CD, because obviously we've got a lot of fans who have been waiting for new music, and from it's you. a wonderful CD. It is. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you. Not only Susie Boggess, you've got all kinds yeah. of wonderful guest appearances. Uh, Tommy Emmanuel, for one. Yeah, he's he's singing. Um, mm-hmm. So he's. I asked him if he could do a sailorly part. He said, "Sure, I can." <laughs> <laughs> So you can order the CD also at MurielAnderson.com? MurielAnderson.com, you can get the the CD itself. And it's still uh, uh, officially a pre-release. We uh, let our fans and your fans know about it, so they get it ahead of time. So the official release will be in in April, but uh, we're letting people uh, enjoy it now. So if you ain't listening to this show, you can't get it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh! Well, congratulations. You uh, you oh, really. You. I I shouldn't be surprised. As I said at the outset, everything you've touched has turned out to be a one top notch quality. But this a game for God's sakes! You made a game. <laughs> it's well, great. 
Uh, the first uh, games that we're sending out, we still have a, have some more that are the initial release. With the initial release, you also get a little bottle of sand from the very beach that you were going to be leaving from on the game board. And so that's in case you want to put your toes in the sand as you're playing. Oh, fine. <laughs> very fun. <laughs> I love all of this. Well, you guys are headed to, this way from Nashville over the next few days, right? Yes. Good. Yes, we're heading. Uh, yep, heading up there. Uh, starting starting out in the next day or so. Okay. And uh, a- any blatant plugs for uh, any places you're going to be performing over the next couple weeks? Oh, Hawaii. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, well, that's not till January. Um, and uh, yeah, Hawaii and California, and, and so we uh, do Florida every February as well. So we do a full Florida tour in February, California mm-hmm. in January. Again, one of the smartest people we know. Yeah. Hawaii, Florida (laughs) in January, of course. It's strategic, obviously. We will see you next week. Meantime, folks can get their hands on uh, all your product at MurielAnderson.com. And again, if you've got a sailor in your family, oh my gosh, this is a perfect combo for them. But you don't have to be a sailor to appreciate the music or the game. So again, congrats to you guys. Um, And we'll see you on Monday. Okay, we will see you, and you will get the music live as you're playing the game. The other people will have to listen to the CD <laughs> if they play the game. I love it. Okay. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks, Muriel. We have Captain Brian here, and he says hey, too. Hey, take care, you hey, guys. Hey, Captain Brian. forward to seeing you, Joe. All righty. Take care. More coming up. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's our friend Steve Ripley and the tractors, and uh, Santa Claus is coming in a boogie-woogie choo-choo train. Ron, what'd you think of that? You know, it's been a while since I've heard it, and I loved it. <laughs> it's just absolutely great. I was The doing... tractors were so good. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, Steve Ripley, who, who was a friend of ours, and we had him on the show many times, sadly, uh, Steve passed away a couple of years ago. Very young age. Very young. Yeah. In his 50s? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I always think of him because his birthday was on New Year's Day. Yeah. And we would have him on have our him New on, Year's Eve yeah, show every exactly. year to wish him a happy birthday. He was just one of the coolest people on the planet. And that's his, his singing lead. Yeah. A great voice. They were considered a country band, but they were blues. They were, they they were, were hard rocking. Yeah. 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 Okay. You ready for a little shout out time? Okay. <clears throat> Let me get my, my list here. As I said, we are... We are getting out to another. By the way, if you want to go to our Facebook page, you will see that Johnny has posted some pictures of uh, uh, of Ron and Adam and Julian uh, holding up their respective T-shirts. Ron, I'm sorry your eyes were closed, but it's not like we had a whole lot of time to pose. <laughs> see, I was I was just so enthralled. I just, yes. you, were, you were blinded by the lights. <laughs> Ah, oh, perfect. <laughs> Blinded by my aura. <laughs> um, yes, are you ready? Uh, not only do you get the pictures of uh, the folks that we gave T-shirts to, and they didn't even sign a release. We just put their picture up on Facebook. Uh, also, you get pictures, a couple of shots of the fireworks tonight. Mm-hmm. And pictures of our trip here in the rain, and some of them are really kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm beginning to like the pothole picture the most. So when I'm <laughs> I'm ready to take a picture, and you you smack a pothole, and everything smears, it looks a little artsy, little watercolor like. 
So you'll you'll see what I'm talking about if you go to our yeah, Facebook. Yeah, the, pot, the pothole picture really is interesting tonight. <laughs> it, is. it almost looks like kind of a uh, a weird charcoal kind of. It a, does. Because it's all gray and white, and yeah. I, I don't tweak the pictures at all. Uh, the beacon on uh, top of the, um, well, is it actually on top of the Drake, or is it the Palmolive building behind the Drake? Uh, no, I think it's the Drake. Yeah, I think it's on the Drake, too. Because yeah. it's really cutting through the fog tonight. It's, it looks beautiful. Unless, of course, you happen to live in an apartment that it swings <laughs> around into. And uh, some interesting uh, pictures crossing the river. Mm -hmm. Uh, heading to Randolph. So, just our trip into work tonight, and we just decided that headed home this evening, or in the morning, actually, we'll take Michigan Avenue so we can take some pictures of the Christmas lights on Michigan Avenue, since it will be our last chance to do that before Christmas. But, ready for the shout-out? Because we have, listening to us tonight, Oh, we, as I said, we've got people listening all over the place, like uh, a 605 area code checking in from Pierre, South Dakota. I think that might be a first for us in South Dakota. Uh, Joan Bloom is in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Stephen Verheron is listening. Nancy Holland's tuned in. Eric Hall is tuned in. Doug Powers is in Joliet. Brian Lefevre. Thank you, Brian. He's a top fan listening from Bridgeport. Norm Rosansky is out in Aurora. Gene Jacobson is in Milwaukee. Chris Curran is in Waukesha, Les Paul's hometown. Mm -hmm. uh, Christine Failing in Plainfield. Uh, June Grip is listening on her AMFM radio with the entire Grip family. Thank you. Helen Thomas is in K-Town, Kenosha. Diane Vasquez. Thank you, Diane. Daniel Russell. Wondering about last week's podcast. The podcast is always posted on our Stephen Johnny the, Show page. The, in fact, let, let me address this for a second, because there have been uh, several people that uh, contacted us or, or posted on uh, Facebook and said, well, the podcast is not on Spotify. It's not on uh, Apple, Apple or, or whatever. That We have no idea how Apple or Spotify or whatever their schedule is. That's one of many reasons why we always post a link where you can just go to our blog, and on our blog you will see a link to the podcast, and you will see uh, some of the uh, the bumps that we use during the show. Mm -hmm. So just just go to the link on our Facebook page, and, and uh, we'll always uh, post it on our blog, and the blog is uh, wordpress.com slash Johnny. And we'll always have it up there. It usually yep. takes about a day or so after the show, but mm -hmm. uh, you'll find everything you need right there. And, and you can always listen to it on whatever it is, your phone, your computer, you whatever it is that you're seeing that. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about Spotify or Apple or anybody else. Right. You just click on it. David Kaufman is listening in Bloomington. Peter Jakubowicz tuned in again this week from Citrus County, Florida. He's listening on his Seacrane Wi-Fi 3 radio. Great radio. Dale Hohers, forgive me, Dale, he's in Solon, Ohio. And I believe that's the first time he's tuned in. And he says, I see I can access the podcast through your WordPress. Thank you. Uh, Judy B., Judy's tuned in. Bunny Lynn. Patricia uh, Tintari. Thank you, Patricia. She's a top fan. Uh, Lester Clyden is driving that truck. 
and he is in Des Moines tonight. Sharon Malone is in Kenosha. Uh, Janine Fortin is uh, looking forward to Susie Bagas. She's in Cary. John Paul, JP, is tuned in. Carrie Johnson is in Palm Coast, Florida. Bobby Danos and his buddy Al are at the Sandwich Manor out in Sandwich, Illinois. Chuck Snitchler is our number one fan and the best friend of this radio station. He's in Ho-Ho-Hobart, mm-hmm. Indiana. Karen Corcoran in Berwyn. Liz Spooner, Beverly Goodall, Jan Reinhardt is listening in the lab, as she does every Saturday. Judy B., Patty Ford, Carrie Carlson, Donna Youngheim, uh, Diana Erickson's in Batavia, Susie Schimmel, Tracy Douglas is in Georgia, Savannah, Georgia. Love Savannah. John Couture tuned in. Rich Wade, one of the Wade twins, has no Ides of March show tonight, so he could listen in live. Joe Smith is in Nashville. Jeffrey Welshantz in Elkins, West Virginia. Ann Layton tuned in tonight. Judy B., Oak Lawn, Linda Johnson, Eric Baum, Diane Peterson is in Naperville. And wrapping it up here, uh, we've got Dean in Indianapolis and Gina in Colorado. And Suzanne is in Downers Grove and Stacy's in Algonquin. And Kate, who's been listening to us since she had a baby and walked the floor with that baby at night. <laughs> she is in LaSalle, Illinois. Thank and, you all. And did we mention uh, Randy, the super bagger from oh, Jewel? Randy. Yes, hey, the Randy. super bagger from Jewel in Evanston on Howard in Evanston. Yes. I want to embarrass her. Cause... We, we want to find out, too, and maybe we'll do a post on our blog mm-hmm. uh, asking some people uh, what they're doing and where specifically they're from because we've checked our blog and we have people who are following our blog from Italy, from Sweden, yeah. from the Netherlands, from Russia, from, from Iceland. London. I yeah, mean, Iceland. who are these people? <laughs> it, it, all over the planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know if they're transplanted local folks or how, how this happened, but it's pretty cool when we check on the, the uh, there's a word for it, when you look at the... Well, the stats. Okay, it just, I'll take yeah. that. And we're checking the stats. By the way, uh, Deanna says uh, that our podcast is definitely on Apple. So if people can't find it, you got to keep looking because it's there. But we make it super simple, so don't don't hurt yourself. Coming up, we get to hang out with Susie Boggess. But it's crumbling at our feet. It all falls down to the river. The river falls down to the sea. I love that. Steve King and Johnny Putman on WGN Radio. Aren't you supposed to say, mm, 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 mm. mm. You can't just do one mm or yeah. two mm. It has to be mm, 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 mm. mm. Yes. That is Susie Boggess. And uh, hi, Susie Boggess. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I love... I was like, am I supposed to laugh or was I okay to laugh? <laughs> I love this. I know I've said this to you, I don't know how many times before. This is the best album you've ever done. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh gosh, you guys. Well, it's 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 been fun to, to roll it out there and see what people think. You know. Well, we should explain too that this album, even though you've been doing this for a few years, uh, this album it's a first in that you did it all right. 
This is the first time I wrote on every single song on one of my records, you know. Wow. Um, in, in the past, you know, it's, I'm in Nashville's full of great songwriters, and some of them are my best friends. So it's it's always hard um, when I measure my own songs up next to some of my buddies. And uh, mm-hmm. But this time I just, I kind of just put my mind to it that I was going to make sure that I, at, at least at one point in my career, uh, wrote everything on the record. So, yeah, so I, and that's one thing that's new. Well, did the did the writing come about during the pandemic when you were at home and not touring and and you just kind of tapped into and and just doing your wind down Wednesdays? Yeah, well, a lot of it <laughs> did. Yes, I mean, some of the songs I had, um, I actually um, Camille uh, had written several years before that, and then um, a couple of the other ones I had written before the lockdown. Um, and you know, some of them I was, I was demoing and things like that. So um, when it came down to trying to finish these things up, I had, to, you know, I've had Pat Ferguson there mm-hmm. in the studio with you guys, and one of my guys that plays guitar with me on almost every one of my albums. And mm-hmm. of course, Pat is from Batavia. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, I had a couple of songs that he and I had demoed um, up in our little studio, and I was able to <laughs> go in and play the other instruments myself mm. uh, here at the house. So, um, Sunday Birmingham, you know, that's me playing drums uh, with my hands and a brush and all sorts of kooky things just <laughs> to um, to finish up the track, and then um, and then we sent off the. The files, you know, you can do that now. You can just send mm-hmm. them via email, um, and we sent them um, a few few hours away to Jimmy Wallace to put the organ on that song. And um, but the bulk of the stuff um, we recorded in three days. Wow, you're kidding! February. It, <laughs> it has a uh, it has a wonderful funky live feel like like a like a late night down on the bayou kind of a feel to a We're lot in a of this club. stuff it's wonderful yeah a smoky club <laughs> yeah well like you know i really was looking for that um in fact you know that was the kind of the whole philosophy was for it to feel more like it was just recorded live and i mean you remember those old records like so many of those records came down without any overdubs or yeah. any of that sort of mm-hmm. thing and that's that's what we were looking to do so it's four pieces um colin linden on uh the slide guitar and pat Ferguson on mostly on acoustic guitar and then Glenn Worf on bass, and then down in my dining room was the drummer, who is Chris Brown, who is uh, he's so wonderful. He plays with Sam Bush on the road all the time, and uh, he's just like one of the most musical drummers I've ever had the you know the honor to work with, and uh, so that that's kind of how we were trying to, to make it sound. So I guess you know you're super good at hearing stuff, but. You know, you did a good job hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 trust me, you done good. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, thanks, you guys. Well, you know, you've, you've been my uh, champions and my support system for a lot of years, and I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, I try not to do the same record over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. this was something that I um, I just felt like because of the songs were a little more personal, and a lot of them were kind of spurred by that my you know my work and mm-hmm. the, the the places that we travel to you know it's they i i say that it's like um they're looking out the windshield kind of song yeah you know sunday birmingham is a, 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 a actual experience a 24-hour gig that we did that you know it was just like that but the way that song came about and um you know uh, when i wrote uh paint the town blue that was one of the songs that was for the little movie that they right. made about my hometown right mm-hmm. alito illinois right yeah right and i already knew what the i already knew what the story in the movie was doing at that point so i've never had that experience before where somebody gives you a prompt like that and then you write the song to fit the um, the scenario that someone else sets up for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally it's either something that I'm, you know, that I'm making up that I've <laughs> exploited from somebody else's life. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's, you know, it's something that we just conjure up when we're sitting down and, and talking about stuff. But this, that was a completely different situation like sort of having somebody tell you well this is what's going on and mm-hmm. so and then i just used my i used my imagination and the little bars in my hometown and everything and mm-hmm. everything that i um remember about my hometown to just sort of put myself in that mood so um so that was kind of a favorite of mine because it came it came out in a couple hours and when you hear people talking about that, um, you know, like, oh, that that song was just like came to me like a gift. That's kind of how that one was. Mm. But do you ever dream songs? Do you ever wake up and you've got a song pretty well finished, or at least uh, largely formulated in your brain already by the time you wake up? Well, sometimes I do, but then I realize, oh yeah, that's an Alan Jackson song. I've already been here. Okay, been done before. (laughs) That was my song. Uh, But yeah, but actually, "Crying Over You" was a dream song. Um, Mm. I woke up. We were actually down in Florida, and I woke up with the the concept and the melody, and um, you know, I got old Doug to help me out and we just kind of started fleshing it out the next day and then took a big long three or four mile walk on the beach and started um, you know coming up with the actual uh, verses and that sort of thing so that one that one uh, was was a dream song. It, uh, we should sp- explain for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, Doug is this guy she's kind of been hanging out with for a while. Yeah, since 1986. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really long time. Well, I've got to tell you, though, that particular song, I'm so happy you said that came to you in a dream, because when we heard it, we both went, oh, my I wonder where that inspiration came from. Are she and Doug okay? 
you know, that's so funny because I always used to do that with Rodney and and Roseanne Cash. You know, yes. she'd have a song come out, and I'd be like, I wonder if that's true, if that's true. Yes. You know, that seven years. <laughs> yes. Know, that, that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. But no, I literally, I we worried when we first heard that song. And so when you just said that, I looked at Stephen and we're like, phew, that's good. We're talking with Susie Boggess. We're going to take a quick break. Yes, she's got a brand new album out. She also has a cookbook. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about that, too, right here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's the song we were talking about just before we broke, and we're talking with uh, a lady who is a CMA, ACM, and Grammy Award winner among many hats that she wears. Uh, yes. she, she was on the Grand Ole Opry just last night. Her name is Susie Bogus. Uh, Susie, th- again, you were on the Opry last night. Does that ever get old? Oh, no. No, it does <laughs> not. It's always a blast, and you never know, you know, who you're going to be on the show with until you know a few days before, and so it like last night was just a super great night. I I, I left there just like on cloud nine because mm-hmm. I got to hang out with my old buddy Jeannie Seeley for a long time, and um, just uh, I had some friends in from out of town that. I used to play music with back in Peoria back, oh gosh, in the early 80s, mm-hmm. uh, probably 81 and 82. And uh, they came backstage and hung out with me, and it, it just was a really, really super wonderful night. But there's always something, the fella who did my um, first videos, like Outbound Plane and, and Drive South and that, uh, He's a big producer now. He produces the award show, the mm-hmm. CMA Awards. But his son was on the Grand Ole Opry last night because, you know, and I hadn't seen him since he was about five. So <laughs> he was having a debut with his band on there. So, I mean, there's always something that just sort of um, kind of tugs at your heartstrings. It was, it was a pretty wonderful night. Did you do any of your new music on the stage last night? I did. I did uh, the song GPS. Oh. Uh, I was trying to keep it a little light because it was Christmas season and everybody was out kind of, you know, dressed in their Christmas cheer. So I did a up tempo and, uh, of course, I always do like one of the hits or something. I did Someday mm-hmm. Soon last night. Good. And my uh, my Christmas standard two step around the Christmas tree. So mm-hmm. we we got our little little uh, fun holiday spirit in there too. Who was the Opry member years ago? It was one of the classic Opry members that said, "You got to do the song that brung you." Oh gosh, I don't know. To, okay. to be it, honest, it, with it, you. It I was, mean, might have been Bill Anderson, them, but yeah, no, I don't think it was Bill Anderson. It, it, it oh. But but it, it his point was always do some of your hits when you're on mm-hmm. that stage. That, that was the point he was making. That's the thing, you know. I, I you know I talk when people ask me like, you know, what are the songs that you know you're going to do on the show when you come to our town or whatever. I always want them to know that I'm always going to do my hits. You know, as as many of them as I can squeeze in, <laughs> even if I have new stuff out there because it's um, you know those. 
songs have memories that other people have connected to their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you know, one of me to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm bored. I don't want to do that song anymore. I, that's like, that's not my song anymore. I mean, it belongs to the people who, you know, got married or divorced or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and one of the things I've always loved about when you do one of your songs that you've obviously done a million times, you never do the Las Vegas version. You never do just a short, you just say, speed it up. here's the song, this is what I did, this is mm-hmm. what you bought, these, these are your memories, and here it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, a, that's nice to hear. Uh, yeah, I try not to, um, try not to mess with the, like the signature licks, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. He's got lots of guitar player friends, and, and, you know, someone takes the time to make up a, a little riff or whatever that's just catchy enough for the the beginning of the song to start and you hear that and you know what song it is and so I try really hard not to mess with that and then the other thing that I find helpful is that I play a little movie in my head when I'm singing the song and that keeps the story fresh you know it's like being an actor in Mm -hmm. a way it's like I don't want to you know, I don't want to take the song for granted. I want to make sure I'm serving the song. Yeah. So I try to, like, you know, try to make it real for for me every time. We mentioned earlier that one of the things we're doing with the show tonight is we're, uh, this is our last show before Christmas, so along with having some uh, some very special people on the show, we're trying to give people some Christmas gift suggestions, and of course, your new album is one of those suggestions, but the other half of that is your cookbook. Tell us about this. Yeah. Yes. Okay, now that really did come uh, during the lockdown. Um, I've always loved to cook, and I think, John, you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. lots and lots of times, but um, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's kind of a little bit like how I feel when I'm performing. It's like I love to cook for the people I love and that I care about and I I like to surprise them I like to dazzle them and so I you know I I started doing this party many many years ago and in at the party I, I make two big pots of soup and one is like a, a pretty easy to like kind of vegetable soup that you put lots of pesto in it and then the other one I always try to do something that I'm sort of out on a limb. <laughs> Sometimes it's something that I've learned in another country or in another part of our country, um, you know, like a gumbo or something that's um, complicated. And every year it, it comes down to the last two or three hours, and I'm like, is this going to work? Is <laughs> it? I'm like, do I just have three gallons of really nasty, salty soup, or is this all going to work out? <laughs> <laughs> but the, for the book, it was weird for me because I'm not a, a person who really adheres to recipes that well. I, that's sort of my, I don't know, but I, it's my fault or whatever you call it, that the, where I don't like rules very much. <laughs> and so uh, in doing this, I, I had to cook the soup two or three times to make sure that I was going to like it each time, and then I had to follow my own recipe. (laughs) 
And that was hard for me. I, yeah. I mean, you bake, Johnny, and, that, and you have yeah. to follow the science to that. But when you're, uh, you know, like doing the creative thing, you know, it's like I'm like adding, it's like a painter, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to put a little more blue in and like I want a splash of orange at this point. And so um, it, that was the hardest thing for me about doing it was, first of all, we ate a heck of a lot of soup. <laughs> you know what, Susie? N- now that we've, we've been able to whet their appetite, how do you like that? We'll come back and we'll talk a l- a more and tell people about Susie's Soup Night. This is her new cookbook. And we are talking to Susie Bacchus here on WGN. Have a bite. Steve King and Johnny Putman talking to a woman who cooks and cooks up a tasty sound, (laughs) Susie Boggess. I love that. Oh, my goodness. And Susie does have a new cookbook. It's Susie's Soup Night. And before we broke for the news, Susie, now this is your first cookbook, and it has uh, uh, 50 50 soups and stocks in it, right? It's 52. 52. And I didn't even know it until I got finished and I, I canned the clam chowder because I decided I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> so when I took that out, I counted them for sure and it was 52. And now my sister, who lives up there in St. Charles, she's doing a soup a week until she does a whole year of soup. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and I never thought about it until I got done that it was 52 weeks, 52 soups. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, now, s- now you got to do a soup calendar. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Because then you could have, after you, you've let this run for the year, the next year you launch your soup calendar, and then each month you have that soup up there. Exactly. See, that's good. Exactly. I'm sticking oh with goodness. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say I was a marketing genius, but I really had no idea what I was doing. I just, it just, I was, I was, I had eaten enough soup and I figured I was done. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, we're talking tonight about uh, Christmas gift ideas, and I guess technically you'd say last-minute Christmas gift ideas. Is there any chance that folks could order Susie Soup Night and get it within the next week? I would think so. It's been getting there pretty quickly. Um, and it doesn't, In case, I don't know, there might be some kind of crazy glut at the end here, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's been pretty, uh, we, you know, we get a notification as soon as things get delivered. Oh, good. And so um, in looking at the pattern of things, it seems like it's only taken a couple of three days to get those mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. So it, I think you could still order it. And, and, uh, and l- let me jump in. The, the blatant plug light has still uh, uh, started flashing. <laughs> so you should go to com. That's two Gs, two Ss, no waiting. com, And you can click on the cookbook and album bundle. And that's mm-hmm. only thirty seven fifty, which is a steal. Yeah, because the book, which is a full-color book, I mean, full-color hardback edition of the book, this is not a ring binder like we used to buy at, at you know, the church group would put together. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah, is top-notch. Nice book. Yeah, 30 guys, bucks. My, my husband took all of the pictures in here. Nice. He did such a beautiful job. I, I mean, 
we were, you know, it kind of, like I said, you know, we were having to cook these soups, uh, and then and then we were, as I was cooking the soups and writing the recipes, he was, um, like, kind of watching along and taking some photographs of the the ingredients as mm-hmm. I was laying them out, and he he just did such an amazing job. I, I you know, I... I'm glad I picked up his option again this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you ought to keep him. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, a couple of listeners had uh, comments. Uh, Betsy, by the way, is listening to you tonight in Hendersonville, North Carolina. She's a big fan. Uh-huh. We said at the top of the show tonight that we have... Um, now we have 12 states that checked in to say that they're tuned in from all around the country. So that's sweet. And many of them are tuned Yay. in just to hear you on the radio. Got a text from a Aww. 630 area code. says, I remember Susie in Peoria at the Jade East Restaurant. Uh, this oh, would have been wow. about uh, 1981. It was located in yes. the Northwoods Mall. That's right. Yes, I used to play in the Northwoods uh was it the Northwoods Mall? That that's I'm trying to think. You know, yeah, there was. Uh, I played over there. I played in. I played at the art gallery there too, and uh, lots lots of little supper clubs and that sort of thing, getting started. And yeah, I have such wonderful memories of all that stuff. It was it was well, it was good. Speaking of memories, Jim was a. Apparently a sophomore when you were a senior at Alito High. <laughs> and he wow. says, you, you've never mentioned that Susie was homecoming queen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> they know everything. Yes. yes. Well, is it, that, that was an honor as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, I remember that uh, normally my mom made most of my clothes. Mm-hmm. And when it came to the the year that I got the homecoming queen, she said, I'm not going to be under that kind of pressure. <laughs> I mess it up. You're mad at me. I, don't, I can't do it. So we ended up getting a neighbor down the way to make my dress for the homecoming dance that time. And she, she just didn't want the pressure on her. <laughs> How funny, though, that somebody listening that was a sophomore and is listening yeah. in tonight going, this is the girl that was, you know, two years ahead of me, and she was homecoming queen. And speaking of Alito, a couple of listeners said you mentioned the movie about the town of Alito. One of our listeners, um, I'm sorry, I don't have his name right here, but he said his wife is from Alito. He'd love to get his hands on the movie to share with her. And the movie's entitled Everything Fun You Could Possibly Do in Alito, Illinois. And you narrate it. And it is a fictional film. Do you know if it's available anywhere, Susie? You know, they're working on um, video right thing uh, for streaming and that sort of thing. Oh, I know that. Uh-huh. And I, I, there was talk of doing a screening in uh, the Chicago area at, mm-hmm. at one of the comedy clubs oh. up there. And it, the, the actress that was the, uh, the sheriff's wife, who was one of the lead actors, she is actually uh, Jennifer, and she is um, she owns a club there up there in that area, mm-hmm. and uh, they had they had a film festival in Sheboygan, and she got a, a big shout out for 
being like, you know, she got an award for all of the things from the Midwest that came into this film festival. Wow. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. So yeah. hopefully they'll get it worked out so that people can stream it on some service. Okay. And that's that's what they're working on. Right now I think it's traveling around doing a bunch of um, film festivals, mm. film festivals yeah. and things. Yeah, and and done by a Chicagoan, too. So there's all kinds of Chicago ties with you, as it should be. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We we Illinois folk, we got to stick together. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I don't see you on the uh, schedule for doing anything in Chicago uh, or the area uh, as far as shows are concerned in, in 2024. Is that a possibility? Oh, absolutely. We're working hard on it right now. Good. Um, yeah, it's been way too long since I've been up in that area, and I did a show in uh, at the uh, City Winery, and you guys helped me plug that, mm-hmm. um, and that was back a couple of months ago, but yeah. um, I know that we're, uh, I know that my agent's working on some stuff right now to get me back down to, you know, Bloomington, where I went to school, and mm-hmm. um, also up into the Chicago area, so uh, you know, looking checking in on the website every once in a while. I try mm-hmm. to to keep things as soon as they announce a show. I try to put it up there. Well, you know, the next time you get here, you've never seen our new studios, and you have to come yeah. out and hang out with I'm us so in the new excited. studios. I tell you, I every week I love looking at the photographs mm-hmm. that you guys post from up there. It's just so beautiful. Oh, it, it is. Like yeah, pretty pretty magical. Oh, and uh, tonight uh, we happen to be here early enough to catch the fireworks show from the 18th floor. It's nothing like a fireworks show from up here because the fireworks are like below you as you're looking at them, which is so cool. The only thing that you're missing is the is the ooh ah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and after a while I just give up on that. So yeah, that's. I'm done with the oohs and ahs yeah, now, but uh, yeah. you, you got to say it's still mesmerizing. It's oh. still, anytime you get to see those, they're just still like fantastic. Well, one of the crazy things is our pictures coming into work have become so wildly popular because people are listening from around the country. And, you know, I'm just aiming and shooting with my cell phone and Steve is driving, you know, 60 miles an hour and I'm holding on tight. And and it's really funny because people are like, oh, we get to see a side of the city because they're not framed or anything. It's just like, this is a shot. This is a billboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of neat. To, uh, it's one of the things we enjoy on Saturday night is just the flavor of the city. So you see, you've got to come back and just hang out on a Saturday. By the way, some some people uh, what I want to do. Some people were just texting and they want to know: Were you and your friends okay with the uh, the recent uh, bad weather in? Uh, oh in yeah, Nashville? the horrible storms. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, um, we fortunately, we <laughs> I was supposed to have friends over for dinner, and. I just about a half an hour before they were supposed to come over, we called them up and said, "Hey, why don't you just stay put? Because it's <laughs> it's uh, not looking real good." Yeah. So we actually live south of town, so we didn't really get into it. But the the folks up in the north and over in the west, over at Clarksville and stuff, they really got they got a, had a lot of damage, and mm. we've just been sending our hearts out to them because there's been so much cleanup that's had to take yeah. place so i it's just strange you know i never you know i grew up you know on a in a cornfield area 
and it, it's uh, it was no surprise when we had um, tornadoes. But here in Nashville, I just they just seem to be there seems to be more of them coming. Yes, yeah. than yes, I ever expected, and, and bigger, increasing over the past I'd say ten to fifteen years, and more intense yeah. than ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seems seems like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're just definitely, I think we're all still sending prayers out there for all those folks that are still cleaning up and having to deal with all this at Christmas time. Well, we're going to wrap this up on a happy note because I'm looking at the calendar and it looks like two weeks from tonight you have a birthday. Yes. Yes. And there will be another soup night. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And you get to choose the soup since it's your birthday, right? You know, I've always get music from you know my good buddies so you know tommy manuel will be here and richard smith is coming i i don't know if pat will get back from illinois in time to be here but um you know that's my present is that my friends that play such beautiful music uh, Mm -hmm. muriel anderson will be here oh wow uh, that's my present they play music for me while i Stir up the soup. By, by the way, I don't know if we if we told you. We just talked with Muriel a little earlier tonight. I love the song that you and Muriel did together. The title song on her yeah. album. That's Sa- wonderful. Yeah, Sailing dreams. Yes, mm-hmm. it's her song, you know, and I just sang the lead on it. Mm-hmm. But she's such an amazing talent and just such a darling person too. I mean, mm-hmm. just. A, you know, I've known her for many, many years. I met her through Chet Atkins, and uh, and I, she's there's no one like her. She's one of the most. I, I she's almost like a, a nymph or something. You know, mm-hmm. she's like she's spiritual. She's magical. Yeah, she really is, and just kind, and just like such a good person. And um, it was it was a pleasure to sing that song. But when she told me the story of how it came about um it just it's so authentic you know it just she gave me the you know sort of the wind in my sails if you will mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's mm-hmm. really nice sorry. yeah but, <laughs> it's all about <laughs> sailing yeah <laughs> she definitely um she definitely inspired me well, thank you very much for your wonderful, wonderful CD and your cookbook. And thank you for joining us tonight. It's always week. fun to talk yeah. to you, and, uh, and we have it's to do it in person very soon. You. Yes, and yes, happy do. happy early birthday. I'm going to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, sweetie. Yes. Well, thanks for everything, and thanks for helping me get the news out about my stuff. And, yes. and I hope you have a wonderful holiday, and I'll be thinking about you on New Year's Eve, and we'll... We'll get together in 24 for sure. Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. All right. Thank Bye-bye, you, Susie. Darling. Thanks, Susie. And again, you can go to suzybogus.com, S-U-Z-Y-B-O-G-G-U-S-S.com. And uh, the cookbook and album bundle is only thirty-seven fifty. And again, we're, we're trying to give you some tips about yep. some Christmas presents. Oh, boy, would this be a good Christmas present. Oh, yeah. If, if you know anybody that enjoys cooking, the book is beautiful. 145 pages of uh, beautiful high color. And as I said earlier, the CD is one of the best Susie's done. Yeah. And she's done some great music. Yes. Um, and the book is 30 bucks. So for another $7, you get the CD mm-hmm. to go along with it. So there you have it. Another gift idea. 
this is such a fun night tonight because we're kind of reconnecting with folks mm-hmm. like a guy that's on the telephone line right now when we think of music over the years and there were many many years that we uh, were on this radio station and one of the guys that would pop up quite regularly was a guy that's on the line paul Whitkoff. paul how are you hey, paul Hi, Stephen Johnny. Finally reconnect. I've been trying to track you guys down, but you're very elusive. I know. The elusive <laughs> Stephen <like> Johnny. <laughs> How are you? I, I'm doing great, and it's uh, you know I'm, I've become again a regular listener to you guys every Saturday night, and you know when you had Susie on, I have great memories with her from my Capitol Records years between 1992 and 1996. I had the the privilege of working a couple albums with Susie, and she was one of the most genuine, hmm. just yeah. nice, talented artists that I've ever worked with. So I was, uh, it was great. It brought back memories, you guys having her on the air. Yeah, uh, and let me tell you, Paul, this new album is unbelievable that she wrote all the music for it. It's just, it's really something special because, you know, her last few albums, she's had kind of like a theme, like mm-hmm. she'd do folk or, she, you know, whatever the theme happened to be, and she's doing other people's music, and this is the first and it's it's crazy good. Well, nothing would surprise me because she's incredibly talented. It has been you know for all these years, and she's Illinois' very own. So, yeah, you well, know, makes makes you even prouder. And uh, for people who recognize Paul's voice, uh, Paul joined us uh, many years uh, for our New Year's show. Yes, and he was uh, very active in. Uh, in helping a lot of the charities that we were promoting and uh, very involved with music in the Chicago area and also on a national basis. Yes, yes. Paul, we were driving down Lincoln Avenue the other day. We are driving north on Lincoln Avenue, and I said, Steve, do you remember the night? Actually, it was the morning that we drove Paul home. Because Paul stayed New- with us for the whole <laughs> New, New Year's, Year's show, show, and we drove him home after the show. <laughs> And you were a single guy back then. You didn't have any babies, and you, oh my god, yeah. my my babies are now twenty one and nineteen, respectively. My daughter Anna's about to graduate Northwestern. I have to pinch wow. myself. Nice. My son and my son Ben is a sophomore at my alma mater of Michigan State, and I'm just very very blessed and proud of both of them. And uh, but I remember when I first met you guys, they were they were babies. I think, yeah, you know. Well, now <laughs> as, as were we. The last time uh, I think we touched base, you were doing something with music collectibles. Are you still doing that? Johnny, it's so incredible that you asked about that. After all these years and all this procrastination, I'm about 30 days away from launching the website. Oh, and really? And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys as well, because I'd, like I'd like to do a little special launch with you guys. Let's do it. And, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe let's get some stuff for your listeners, and let's get something for charity. There's a lot of things going on. I'm actually leaving with my family on vacation for Arizona tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. But when I get back, which is Christmas Eve day, I have a solid week to kind of put the finishing touches on, and I hope to launch it okay. right around the beginning of New Year's. Hang on for a second. Let's do something in the New Year. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll talk off the air and work something out, because that sounds great. Paul Whitkoff. Uh, Julian, you talk to him, and we'll take a break here on WGN. Jingle around the clock. Mix and a mangle in the jingle and feet. That's the jingle bell rock. Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. That song may have been in more Christmas movies than any song. Well, Jingle Bells. 
Well, yeah, jingle yeah. bells. I, I, I suspect. Well, you know what? Let's go to the expert and find out because we have an expert with us. He's Jeremy Arnold. He is an author, film historian, and he has a gorgeous new book. It is a revised and expanded version of Christmas in the Movies, Turner Classic Movies, Christmas in the Movies, just out for a, a month and a half, two months now. And as I say, it's beautiful. And Jeremy, it's just a kick to have you on the radio tonight. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Jeremy. Hello there, Steve and Johnny. Thank you so much for having me. This is, well, is going to be a fun talk. Well, your book is beautiful. It's wonderful. because And it's heavy, because I had to carry it into work. <laughs> <laughs> It is heavy. It's it, true because it, it's it's printed on really nice uh, thick uh, paper stock, which allows the photos to really reproduce beautifully. They I'm pop. Really with that. They literally pop off the page in pictures that I don't. I've never seen before, and I can't wait to share your book with uh, Steve's brother, who is our family film historian. Because there are things in this book that I'd never come across. So let's talk specifically, though, about the the title of the book is Christmas in the Movies. One of the things I learn is that there has not always been a genre of Christmas movies, right? That is right. In order for something to be a genre, it has to be consciously recognized as such. So, for example, someone who, if someone is making the Western stagecoach, they'll say, I'm making a Western, and everyone knows what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Western, gangster movie, musical, uh, romantic comedy. But back in the 40s and 50s, which was really the heyday of Christmas movies uh, until recently, arguably, uh, no one ever said that they were making a Christmas movie because the term didn't exist yet. Um, they, they weren't thinking about it that way. And in fact, a lot of movies in the 40s uh, that we call Christmas movies, they opened at uh, various times of the year. <laughs> yeah. They didn't all open at Christmas time like is the pattern today mm-hmm. when it, it sort of is a genre now and Usually, it's just you know a, a way to release a movie at Christmas time that has Christmas in it because people like to see that. But um, as I'm sure we'll get into, I, I think Christmas movies mean something a little mm-hmm. more than that at their at their finest. Well, wouldn't Holiday Inn be one of the classic examples of what you're talking about? Everybody now associates that with Christmas, but initially. It was just a movie about different holidays, and you got your uh, your Bing Crosby and a whole bunch of people. And obviously, people think of White Christmas, but the song White Christmas spawned another Christmas movie, but the original Holiday Inn wasn't just a Christmas movie. That is correct. Uh, you know, there are, there are lots of examples of Christmas, of, of what are accepted to be Christmas movies that don't have Christmas in them for a big part of the running time. Uh, it's not always such a vital uh, factor. Uh, and I think Holiday Inn, even though, yes, it's set throughout the year, it jumps from holiday to holiday. That's sort of the conceit of the story. Um, but the song White Christmas, you know, that went on to become the top-selling song in history. And by, by some measures, it still is. Mm-hmm. And it is so associated with the season and Christmas. It comes back every year. You know, you cannot go a Christmas season without hearing it at some point. And so that in itself is enough to make this one of the great Christmas movies because it really introduced that song and did so in a very r- romantic way. 
So your book was expanded by five more films from 30 to 35, and something like half of them are from the 40s, correct? Yes, about half the movies overall in the book are from the 40s. And I have to say, I uh, one thing I regret about the title of this book is that we kept the 35 classics to celebrate the season because it's a little misleading. Uh, in addition to adding five more films that get their own full chapters, I also wrote uh, five or six long essays, sort of special chapters, that delve into dozens of other Christmas movies mm-hmm. um, in different ways. And so I I just regret that some people might think it's the same book with just five more movies. Mm-hmm. It actually has a lot more than that. Yeah. One of the chapters uh, th- that I absolutely loved is the chapter you did on animation. And th- I, I want to mention a, a cartoon that Johnny and I just saw, oddly enough, on TCM. Just two weeks just ago. Just about two weeks ago. And it had to do with these squirrels talking about Christmas. Peace on Earth. And what oh, what a cartoon it was. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a really famous cartoon. Um, it, it was Oscar nominated. And it was made by an animator at MGM named Hugh Harmon. And, uh, you know, it wasn't very common to have serious cartoons back then but this is a pretty serious one i mean it's you know it shows it's said in a post-apocalyptic world after mankind has destroyed itself through war and it shows quite striking images of warfare and combat and when when all human beings are extinct squirrels and other animals come out and sort of reclaim the planet and they they can't understand why man would have killed itself. I mean, this this was made in 1939 as a plea for world peace. Mm. Um, and I think it's held up really well as, you know, a beautiful piece of animation, but also as a very profound uh, anti-war statement. Yeah. And there's a moment at the toward the end of the movie where all of the little critters make houses out of the helmets. And it's like, whoa, yeah. oh, yeah. that is so powerful. It really is. It's so stark. I, I was stunned when yes. I saw it well, uh, for the first time. So, we we yeah, watched I urge it. People to seek it out. Yes, absolutely. We watched it when we got home from work. It was about four o'clock in the morning, and I sat there <laughs> weeping. I said, "We have to watch it again," because <laughs> it was that powerful. And that was 1939. We talk about all the movies that came out in the 40s. Was that yeah. mood of of something happy surrounding the family, you know, with good music? Was that all because of the war and then post war in the 40s? Well, I think that that is very likely the case, uh, because there, if you just look at the history of Christmas movies, you can't run away from the fact that the 1940s are just full of them, mm-hmm. and especially from the middle of the decade on. And so what was happening? Well, World War II was the defining event of that decade, and the, the trauma that it created among, among American society uh, in terms of family, was really profound because I think about it: the first half of the decade, millions of families were being torn apart as loved ones went off to war, and then when the war ended, millions of families were trying to rebuild themselves, and sometimes without the return of those loved ones. And so there was this huge uh, focus on the notion of family in general, and 
I think one way Hollywood responded was by starting to use Christmas more frequently as a way to represent family mm-hmm. in the telling of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there are so many examples from, from It's a Wonderful Life to uh, Holiday Affair, Meet Me in St. Louis, which came out towards the end of the war, is sort of a look back on uh, an and idealized family life at the turn of the century. Uh, which is sort of what what people were longing for in mm-hmm. 1944. But you mentioned it's a wonderful life, and isn't that one example of a number of movies who, at the time, didn't do that well, but over the years have really become revered uh, pieces of uh, cinematic mastery. Yeah, that is true. It's, you know, sometimes It's a Wonderful Life is uh, talked about as having been a huge bomb and having lost Hmm. millions and millions of dollars. It it was not a bomb. It just didn't make back its money. It sort of came close, but not quite. So it was not considered a success. Uh, And, you know, it kind of disappeared for a while. And Frank Capra later said that he received more fan letters about that movie than any other movie for decades afterwards, even though it wasn't really that available until the 70s. And then it fell into the public domain for about 20 years. And in the 70s and 80s, it saturated television screens in every city or town across America on local channels practically every day during the month of December. And people it suddenly found a huge new audience that way on television. Uh, and that is what really sort of rescued the movie from oblivion, which is kind of weird to think it was ever in oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what did it. And also, you know, that might have a lot to do with the uh, the whole notion of Christmas movies, the idea of watching a movie at Christmas time that incorporates Christmas into it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind of shoved down everyone's throats in the 70s and 80s by It's a Wonderful Life, and it got people... Yes. Uh, thinking about the uh, the idea of Christmas movie that way. There was a, I, I, I'm almost sure that there was a local television station that was doing a thing back in the 80s where they were running It's a Wonderful Life, like, you know. Nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. Where you're just, stop, stop. Yep. I'm already depressed. <laughs> okay, it's wonderful already. Stop it. Oh, ho, ho, ho. No, I don't want to see it anymore. We are talking with Jeremy Arnold. He has a beautiful new book. It's an expanded version of a book that was out a while back, but this is a totally, this is it. Uh, Christmas in the Movies, uh, published just a couple months ago. It's by Running Press. Uh, Jeremy is a film historian, and he has, uh, well, he's got some pretty good credentials. A couple of his books are uh, The Essentials, 52 Must-See Movies and Why They Matter, and then Volume 2 of that. But we're talking about Christmas in the Movies. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with Jeremy after this. Snow, 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 snow. It won't be long before we'll all be there with snow. Snow, snow. I want to wash my hands, my face in the air with snow. Snow. I long to clear a path and lift a spade of snow. See a great big man entirely made of snow. <laughs> Where it's snowing all winter through, 
That's where I want to be Snowball throwing, that's what I'll do How I'm longing to ski Through the snow Those glistening houses that seem to be built of snow Snow Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I hate to interrupt them. I know. See, I'm going to do my part to make this a song that you get played over and over again during the holidays. Because I know you're saying, oh, I bet you're going to play White Christmas. But no, a little snow, snow, snow. Jeremy Arnold is with us. He's author and film historian. And his new book is all about Christmas at the movies. Um, were you a little bit surprised, Jeremy, that we went with that <laughs> instead of winter? I'm actually really, I'm really delighted that you did because I love that song. I and, do too. Uh, I would say it doesn't get played enough. I love the and when you're listening with headphones, oh my gosh, the just the things that they're doing m- melodically is really cool. Yeah, absolutely, and. One thing I like when you're watching the scene in the film, they're, they're singing this in a train car, mm-hmm. um, in the in the dining car, and the bartender is mixing drinks that are white. So, you know, like snow, obviously. It's just oh. a nice little touch. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I may have to have a white martini while I'm watching that the next time. <laughs> okay, um, your favorite song. I, this is crazy to ask you for your favorites, but what would be one of one or two or three of your favorite songs from movies that you, you say? Yeah, these are the ones that when you're talking about film movies, what are they? For for Christmas movies, obviously. Christmas movies. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think, first of all, you have to start with White Christmas. I mean, it, it's it's iconic. As we were saying earlier, it, it it's the best-selling song in, in history. Mm-hmm. And one thing I found that was really interesting about that song was the way that it sort of shifted its meaning over the years. When it was first um, performed in Holiday Inn, it was on a pure level of romanticism. Bing Crosby sings it to Marjorie Reynolds, and it's a very intimate, cozy scene, and it's a way for them to fall in love. By the time of the movie White Christmas, the song had become so linked to nostalgia that that is really the way that it's used in this film. I think we we hear it at the beginning and at the end, and at the beginning it's in a a war zone, and all the soldiers are Mm. sitting with their heads hanging, you know, thinking of home wistfully, and at the end, there's another layer of nostalgia as it's performed on a stage. Uh, so both of those renditions are not about singing to a beautiful woman sitting next to you at a piano falling in love. I mean, something is different about that song now. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond White Christmas, the song uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas in Meet Me in St. Louis is one of my favorites. And one thing I love about it, which White Christmas, the song also shares this quality a little bit, is the strain of melancholy and sadness that mm-hmm. is sort of laced into this beautiful song. And I just find that that's a very honest depiction of Christmas time, because mm-hmm. Christmas isn't all joy and, uh, you know, happy togetherness. It can be mm-hmm. lonely. It can be alienating. It can be, you know, you can feel disgusted with the commercialism mm-hmm. of Christmas, say. I think we all go through all these different emotions over the season. Um, and so when a song or a movie goes to the highs and the lows, it just feels more honest. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. When you talk about White Christmas and uh, some of these songs that do have that melancholy about them, it reminds me of when the Internet was so new and we had quite a huge audience listening to us over in the Middle East. Um, I will never forget there was one night that we had an, an email from some soldiers that were listening to us, and they couldn't tell us where because they were on a ship, and mm-hmm. they couldn't say what the ship was or where they were, but they just asked us if we could play some Christmas songs for them. And we started to go with White Christmas, and then we both know, no, that would be really sad. You know, going back to that scene in the movie yeah. and thinking about the, that, that does, that was really hard to come up with a song that didn't have that melancholy nature to a, it. And, you know, you don't want to go for uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Uh-uh. That didn't work so, either. So all these things kept, well, I, yeah. all these things I, I kept jumping you, you on could us. Go and, with, you could go with what you played at the beginning of this uh, hour, which mm-hmm. was Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Melancholy. Yes. And I think we played Chuck Berry, Run Rudolph Run or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we have so much more we want to talk to you about. Can you stick around with us for a few minutes? And uh, we want to talk about, I-, I want to find out what your take is on the uh, Christmas Carol. Which one rules? And every year, I know you know, and even on shows like this, the big debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie comes up. So we need to put that to rest. Okay. I've never heard. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know. (laughs) We got a lot to cover with Jeremy Arnold. He has a wonderful new book. And uh, in fact, I checked. You can get it before Christmas for any movie lover in your family. Or if you want a guide, like a book that would help you as a family to decide, okay, what are we going to watch over Christmas? And if we're lucky, it'll snow and you'll have a reason to stay home. And and this is one of those books that that the content is great, the way it's packaged is great. Uh, And it's got some wonderful pictures that you won't find in every book about Christmas movies. Turner Classic Movies, Christmas in the Movies. The author is Jeremy Arnold. He's our guest. We'll come back here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's Mavis Staples. Christmas Vacation from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We're talking about uh, Christmas movies with Jeremy Arnold, his uh, film historian, commentator, author of Turner Classic Movies, The Essentials, Volumes 1 and 2, and this wonderful new book, or new edition of the book, Christmas, in the movies. And it belongs... On your coffee table, it belongs in the Santa's gift bag. It's too heavy to put in a stocking. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy is with us on the line. So we have to address that goofy debate that comes up every year. And I've got to say that talk shows like this are partly to blame. Let's find out if people agree that Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. <laughs> and I think by your definition, it is hands down, no doubt about it, a full-blown Christmas movie, right, Jeremy? Absolutely. One of the best. <laughs> um, I think, first of all, the, we, this debate comes up every year, and we all engage in it, but we also all bemoan it. We all say <laughs> how, you know, we, we all roll our eyes at it. But I think, secretly, we all love it, because it's as much a ritual of Christmas time as a Christmas movie itself or a Christmas tree. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when it's good-natured fun, it's fun. But sometimes people really dig in 
and they get impassioned and they call the other person crazy for saying it is or isn't one. And I think what's really happening in in that moment is the debate isn't really over the movie as much as it is over the definition of Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Because if both people are defining Christmas movie in a totally different way, then, of course, neither of them is going to win that debate over Die Hard, because to one person it is a Christmas movie, and to another person it isn't, simply because they define it differently. Right, it's an action movie. Mm -hmm. Well, but, I mean, any, you know, the way I define Christmas movie, a movie of any genre could be one. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's an action movie, a comedy, or a musical, uh, to me, it, it has to do with, does the Christmas season, does some aspect of the season play a meaningful role in the story? Mm-hmm. Is it meaningful in the storytelling? And does the movie uh, ask us to to watch this story unfold through the prism of the holiday season? And what that does is it tends to intensify the, the high and the low emotions of that story, um, especially if they're directly related to Christmas. Like, for example, Die Hard, begins as the most common type of Christmas movie, which is some version of a dysfunctional family trying to reconcile over the holidays. In this case, the family is uh, John and Holly Mm -hmm. McLean, who are separated, or I'm sorry, uh, divorced, and he's trying to get back together with her, and they're in the middle of hashing it out when, wouldn't you know it, a bunch of terrorists take over the building, and he has to spring into action because he's a heroic cop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... And there's that pivotal scene where Ode to Joy is played. If you're not yeah. so caught up in the action, you actually hear that played. And until I read your book, I didn't realize that the director intentionally changed Bonnie Bedelia's character's name to Holly. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which is a much more Christmassy name than sure. her name was in the um, original script. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't Holly. Uh and, you know, one thing about that, that sequence where Ode to Joy is blasting on the soundtrack, that is scoring the scene where the thieves finally break open this vault that they've been mm-hmm. trying to open for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It has this incredible security system. And when they finally break in, it's like it's treated like kids opening the greatest present in the world on Christmas <laughs> morning. And they even say Merry Christmas to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say it's the time of miracles. <laughs> so that's that's one of the ways that yeah. Die Hard is so tongue in cheek. And and I, I think more than anything, what makes it a Christmas movie is its tone of joy and cheer. It, it's an action movie. It's violent, but it's never cruel violence. It's never unpleasant violence. Uh, it's always joyful. Um, in fact, you could even say that It's Wonderful Life is a more traumatic <laughs> movie yeah. for the audience yes. than Die Hard. It gets pretty tragic. And you could say Home Alone is a more violent movie than Die Hard. Well, w- with all of this as a preamble to deciding what is and what is not a Christmas movie, I have to ask you about something. Uh, as as we said, you hang out with our friends at uh, Turner Classic Movies, and their Christmas marathon starts today. And the first movie in their Christmas marathon is The Color Purple. When I think of The Color Purple, I, I don't, don't automatically think. think of Christmas. Can you explain that one to me? 
Um, no, because it's been a long time since I've seen the color purple, so I don't remember how Christmas is used in it. I, I assume it must be, or they wouldn't have programmed it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I do not know. I lo- it must be Christmas, or they wouldn't have programmed it. Okay. <laughs> we both, we're looking at the marathon schedule, which starts on the 17th, year um, earlier than we are. Uh, it's six o'clock in the morning. So anybody who wants to see it, six o'clock in the morning, we're going to kick off the holidays. Uh, and this takes us all the way up to Christmas Day. And uh, many of the movies that you write about do pop up on the on the uh, list. Thank goodness. Uh, one of them is A Christmas Carol. And there's so many versions of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Your favorite hands down would be which one? would be the 1951 A Christmas Carol starring Alistair Sim. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Hands down. And is it true that he was not originally imagined as the lead in that version of A Christmas Carol? Um, That is true in terms of how the public imagined their Scrooge to be. He was cast by the producers... And word got out, it was announced that he was going to play Scrooge. And the movie hadn't even started production yet. And Sim was, the actor, um, Alistair Sim, was well known in England as a, a, a comic actor, a mm-hmm. comedian, a light actor. And moviegoers around the country were outraged. And they wrote letters to newspapers complaining about Alistair Sim playing Scrooge. They thought it would ruin the Dickens story. And the producer of the film, before the film even opened, responded with a letter to some newspaper defending his choice and saying, no, Alistair Sim is a great all-around character actor, and he's perfect for this. And I think he got the last laugh because he he was perfect for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, take a moment and talk about how streaming movies, uh, it's changing in the whole genre, because, you know, you think of Hallmark you think of holiday movies, right? Yeah. So you've got that channel, and then you have movies that are specifically made to stream that are holiday-type movies. Is there uh, like a whole nother book just in that genre of Christmas movies? Um, there is, and someone else will have to write it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I have not seen a lot of those films. I, I've dipped in to take a look, but... I'm, I make it very clear in this book that I'm only talking about theatrical release, right. uh, you know, from in, including the cartoons, which were released theatrically in the 30s mm-hmm. and 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's no how, there's no Charlie Brown Christmas. There's no animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas, as much as I love them. They're right. not movies. They're television specials. Um, and as for the streaming, I, I really do think that they are their own genre. And they, they use Christmas in another way. I, I think they're... Uh, I don't know. They're they're actively trying to consciously make quote unquote Christmas movies mm-hmm. and to appeal largely to a female audience, although not exclusively, with these you know soap operatic like stories, um, uh, which are all centered around love and romance and family, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I know. And I just think that you know in the movies that I discovered from through Hollywood history. I found a great more deal of variety than that. There certainly are theatrical releases that are about those things. Lots of Christmas movies are. But you also have uh, The Lion in Winter with Catherine Hepburn and Peter right. O'Toole, mm-hmm. which is a historical drama, a comedy set in uh, 12th century France. And that is the ultimate dysfunctional family yeah. <laughs> trying to you know, reunite over Christmas. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think um, the streamers are, they're also significant because, you know, I'm often asked, will there be Christmas movies in the future? And it's really hard to say because our viewing patterns are so fractured today. We watch so many movies on at home, alone, on our computers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, will there, how, how likely is it that we will get movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer, which yeah. draw huge numbers of people to the theaters? I mean, those movies actually give me hope because the fact that it happened with a Barbie and Oppenheimer proves that it can happen. Mm-hmm. So if some enterprising filmmaker, uh, you know, finds a new way to do a Christmas movie in this day and age, uh, I hope they do. Now, you mentioned variety just a moment ago. And when you open your book, one of the first pictures that you see is a picture of Denzel Washington from The Preacher's Wife, a black cast in a Christmas movie. There are not many movies. Hollywood just really wasn't going out of its way to, to address the desires of that audience, right? It took them a lot. It took them a lot longer than it should have, and I think the preacher's wife is significant because it really is the first example of a black cast Christmas movie. Um, it didn't do very well, which uh, probably didn't help, and was probably a reason Hollywood didn't immediately start making other black cast Christmas movies because Hollywood will always chase the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's an underrated film. I think it has a lot of charm to it. And, of course, Whitney Houston is, you know, phenomenal when she sings the movie Soars. Mm-hmm. Um, and Denzel Washington ain't bad either. Um, but it was really more uh, about a decade later, we got Friday After Next, which is a really raucous comedy set on Christmas Day. And uh, there's also a film, The Best Man Holiday. Uh, which was a sequel to The Best Man, and that is a black cast uh, story about friends reuniting over the holiday and sort of uh, uh, old romances and rivalries sort of redevelop among them. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good movie. It's really beautifully shot, too. It's gorgeous, actually. So there are a few out there, uh, but more in the last 20 years than than before. And, And was The Preacher's Wife a remake of The Bishop's Wife? Yes, it was. Uh, the original was uh, Cary Grant and uh, right. David Niven and Loretta Young, and it's, oh. it's a really beautiful film. It, it is. Uh, I, 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 I watch it every year, and it always grows on me, I have to say. Um, well, Loretta Lynn and Cary Grant are beautiful yeah. in that movie. <laughs> Loretta Lynn, listen, yeah. Loretta Young. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. We mentioned how beautiful the book is, and... Some of the pictures that you have in the book are pictures that I've never seen before. How did you get them? What kind of research, as familiar as you are with the subject, what kind of research did you have to do that led you to some of these we've never seen before pictures? Well, most of the pictures uh, were available to me through um, one particular huge database of photos, which is operated by uh, Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. TCM is part of a Warner Brothers discovery empire, and so they're all part of the same company, and so those photos were available for use for a project like this. So that was huge. However, there were a few films, especially some of the much older, more obscure ones, Mm -hmm. uh, for which it was really hard to find photos on that database. So in some cases, I 
I found physical prints by going on eBay, going to some collector shops here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles where I live, and I, you know, found the photos that I that I wanted, and um, I just bought them and scanned them, and um, we used them. Uh, there's also one photo that I have to point out. This was probably the most expensive photo for the publisher to acquire for this book, and I had to really sort of uh, push them, shall we say, to get it, because I, I, it was really important to me. And that is, uh, in the It's a Wonderful Life chapter, I have a little section on the innovation of the snowmaking that they did for that film, they, how, how they made the artificial snow to fall on the set of It's a Wonderful Life. It was a really groundbreaking invention, which won a Scientific and Technical Academy Award two years later. And I found a really rare photo of this snowmaking system in operation on the set of It's a Wonderful Life. And it's really fascinating. And uh, it's printed really, you know, big on the page. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I've, I've never seen it printed anywhere else. Hmm. Real quick, I want to sneak in a couple of questions from our audience. Uh, listener says, is Sleepless in Seattle considered a Christmas movie in Jeremy's opinion? Um, it, well, I don't have it in my book, and as from my memory of that film, I I think that's an example where Christmas is a setting. It, it's a backdrop for part of the film, but I don't think that the Christmas season really is it's like truly meaningful to right. the story between those those characters. So that that's to me the the difference. Okay, uh, listener says, does Jeremy consider Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie? <laughs> um. I guess not as much as Die Hard, but mm-hmm. I would say yes. Jeremy, I have to ask you, because the more we talk with you, and I hope we'll be able to have future conversations with you, the more we talk with you, I really get the feeling this is not just a, okay, let's put out this book because uh, there's a market and we think it'll sell. I get the feeling you're passionate about this stuff, aren't you? You know, I am, and uh, it's funny you say that, because when I did the first edition of this book, several years ago, it was offered to me by my editor. They said running uh, TCM wanted a Christmas movie book, and was I interested? Uh, and my first reaction was, no, I'm not. That sounds, you know, kind of silly, frivolous. Like, <laughs> to, uh, I, why would I want to do that? And then when I started to think about it and started to look at some examples of Christmas movies um, that I hadn't really thought of in that way before, I grew really interested because I, I noticed that movies were using the season in such different, interesting ways. And when it really was connected to the story, really embedded in the story, that to me, you know, it wasn't like a new genre, but it was a new like mode of storytelling in a way that I hadn't really thought about before. And uh, yeah, I grew fascinated by it. And I think the whole project was a way for me to answer the question, what is a Christmas movie? Well, you did good. As I said a few minutes ago, I forget that I'm on the radio and we're just yammering away. And I go, wait a minute, I got to do stuff here because uh, the book is absolutely beautiful. And we should mention that if you have the other version of the book, you get like 70 more pages, right, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, there's a lot more than just five new movies in mm-hmm. here. There's a lot throughout. Okay. In the final minutes of the show, uh, if you, you've got people listening now, they're saying, okay, I need two movies. What would be the two that you would say you should you absolutely should make a point of watching? Would A Christmas Carol with Alistair Sim be one of those? Oh God! Why do you ask me these questions? I know. That are so impossible. 
Because <laughs> it depends upon your um, mood, right? Because I would yeah, not say it. On- I would not say it's a wonderful life because that might put you in a blue funk. So don't go there. Okay, how about how about for, for somebody who doesn't have the Christmas spirit? What is the movie that you think ah, would would lift. do the most to lift them and put them in the mood? Hmm. Good one. Um, I would suggest Christmas in Connecticut with Barbara Stanwyck, nineteen forty-five. It's just a pure comedy. It is so funny, so uh, adult and witty, and uh, I just I don't know anyone who doesn't like that film. And, of course, she's Very brilliant. You know, it's Barbara Stanwyck, right? Yeah, she can do no wrong. <laughs> That's <She's> right. <laughs> well, you did right by this book. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we look forward to picking and choosing what we're going to watch over the next uh, two weeks. Uh, and I really hope that we're uh, going to be able to... Uh, uh, to reconnect with you because this this has been fun and uh, please keep us on your radar. Yes, yes, and thanks for writing the book, Jeremy. Thank you, and yes, anytime. I'd be I'd love to talk to you again. This was really enjoyable. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful holiday too. Bye bye now. Jeremy Arnold's book is Christmas in the Movies. This is the revised and expanded edition. I checked on Amazon. It's readily available. You know you can get it in a couple of days. If there is a movie lover on your list or if you just want to have that book around the house so you can get new ideas for movies. And again, uh, that part of part of what we're doing tonight is trying to give you some ideas for Christmas gifts since this is our last show before Christmas. And uh, coming up, Patrick Christman is going to join us. And we're going to talk about some uh, some Christmas gift suggestions that have to do with uh, with tech stuff. So stick around. We'll be back on WGN. Take back the tinsel, stockings, and bows. Cause all I want for Christmas is you. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That's Lisa Lane, and some of you may think, but that's Vince Vance and the Valiants. Well, Lisa was the original lead singer on the Vince Vance and the Valiants uh-huh. version of All I Want for Christmas is You. And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking computers with Patrick Christman in this hour, but because this is our last show before Christmas, we're just going to be playing lots of Christmas music, mm-hmm. because it's our last show before Christmas. And it's our show. It yeah. just happens to be the last one before Christmas. Yeah. So you're going to hear some stuff you're not going to hear over and over and over again. <laughs> but now we want to bring in uh, the man who is the Director of Educational Technology at Keck School of Medicine of USC. That would be your Dr. Patrick Crispin. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? Woohoo! How are you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, I'm trying to access some work that you've done for us today, my friend, coming up with, I'm sure this was so difficult for you to come up with tech gifts, you who have the heart of a 13-year-old. I, I, I'm I'm actually really good at spending other people's money, but <laughs> this was a little difficult this year because if you stop and think about it, when we're talking about technology, technology for all of us is kind of personal. In other words, we kind of choose what we want to like and dislike. And technology really has become also 
kind of tribal in that you're either an Android user or you're an iPhone user, mm-hmm. but those two sides don't get along. <laughs> or you're a PlayStation user or you're an Xbox user, and those two sides don't get along. <laughs> so trying to find gifts that are universal that aren't going to actually you know, upset people, that's a challenge. Okay. Where should we start? Well, I want to start with one that I really recommend, and it's one of these things where it's like, ooh, that's actually a really good idea. Something that everyone could use is an external battery. If you have somebody in your life who doesn't have an external battery for their phone, for their tablet... This is a really great gift, and the nice thing about it is it doesn't matter if it's an iPhone or an Android or a Palm or any of those other ones. Everybody needs extra power every now and then. There's a company called Anchor, A-N-K-E-R. I've been using their product for many, 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 many years. And you can buy Anchor batteries on Amazon. You can also, I think, buy them at Best Buy. And you get to choose how big a battery you want. Um, the, the two most popular sizes are um, this five uh, five thousand milliamp hours or ten thousand milliamp hours. Five thousand milliamp hours really is one of those things where you could probably get one good charge off of it. Uh, the 10,000 milliamp hours, you're going to get two good charges for a really big, like, iPhone Pro Max. Hmm. Um, I will tell you, when I was in London, and we were going around with our phones and playing Pokemon Go, which, by the way, eats batteries, hmm. just completely mm-hmm. eats batteries. We were surfing the Internet. We were doing GPS. I would get home each night, and my battery on my phone would be at 100%. Now, the big thing about the 10,000 milliamp batteries that you get from Anchor, they're big. They're kind of honking things. Mm -hmm. I'd really recommend the 5,000 milliamp batteries. They're between $25 and $40, depending on what you want. You can get ones that are QI or she compatible, which will actually then do magnetic charging on your mobile devices. Hmm. Anchor has also released a new set of ones which they're calling their Anchor Nano, N-A-N-O. They're kind of hard to come by right now, and they release them a little late in the year, but these things actually have built-in USB-C cables as well. If you go ahead and get the regular 5,000 milliamp hour, 10,000 milliamp hour, um, you you might need to plug in your own cable if you don't want to do magnetic charging. But the new nanos actually come with built-in cables. Um, stocks, uh, supplies are a little low on this one if you want the nanos, but these are just a fantastic gift. And it's one of those things where everybody needs an external battery. It's one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, I didn't actually mm-hmm. think about it. See, Tell me the truth. If somebody were to give you an external battery, could you use it? Yeah, well. You you need need it for something? Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I want to jump in with with our thoughts on the Anchor batteries. We love the Anchor batteries. We we were um, uh, the the lucky recipients of an Anchor battery um, about a year or so ago. And this is a battery that not only does it uh, give you the option of charging tons and tons and tons of things, but 
should you not be charging those tons and tons of things with the anchor battery? And you take it back and forth to Panama City Beach, Florida, and you think, oh, okay, I should probably charge this. After uh, two trips, we went to charge it, and it held the charge mm-hmm. because we hadn't used it. Yeah, they're incredible batteries. I, I, I love them. I, we just got back from we got from back from London earlier this month. Um, you know, actually, we were there for Thanksgiving, and uh, when I was in London, I charged my anchor battery before I went to Heathrow. Put it in my bag. I took it out today. It was at a hundred percent. Yes, it was just like exactly. But <laughs> and, no. and no batteries do this. But anchor batteries do. They're wonderful. I gotta say. That, yes, if I opened up a box at Christmas and there was a battery in it, I'd go, why didn't you get me socks and underwear while you're at it? You know, not real exciting. That would have been before my girlfriend Donna in Santa Rosa, California, sent us this anchor battery. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they had just survived the wildfires and they had been without power. And she said, you guys cannot go to Florida. You cannot be in hurricane country without this thing. And then I went, oh, that's actually a swell gift. And it was because of her own personal experience. It's one of the things where we're out here in earthquake country. We know that there's something yeah. to be, you know, our power is going to go out when that happens. And having that backup battery is just a great piece of mind. It seems like a really boring gift. But again, it's one of those things that everybody could use. Yeah. At yeah. least one of them. And it's not terribly expensive. Between 25 and 50 bucks, maybe $60 so, is the top of the line one. Call it a stocking stuffer, but if you have college students uh, in your family, oh it's a great oh, yeah. gift for them. Yeah. 414 area code said, I just bought a 20,000 uh, anchor for my son for his phone. Every so often our power goes out, no electric, no router. I've had one and boy, does it come in handy. Yeah. So we're selling a few anchors. If they want to be sponsors of the show, we welcome yeah. them. <laughs> I want to tell you something I just did. I sent Patrick a picture of something. Now, on Facebook, Johnny and I decided to change our profile picture. The normal process has been you change your profile picture, bing, there you go. Mm -hmm. We go to change our profile picture, and we get this message, and I couldn't believe it, so I took a picture of it with my phone. It says, Profile edit in review. We're reviewing your profile picture change. This typically takes up to three days and we'll notify you when we're done. What? What? Patrick, what the bleep (laughs) is that all about? One of two things is going on. Either you're trying to make a change, a material change to your Facebook profile from a computer that Facebook doesn't necessarily recognize. It may not be your home computer. It might be a computer that you're, you know, at GN. It's the computer that we use all the time at home. (laughs) So if it's the home computer, (laughs) that's really weird. It is. The other thing that's going on is so Facebook is starting to roll this out. And one is for just double-checking that it really is you and and the computer that they don't know they're going to show it. Or if it's a high-profile page, in other words, a page for, let's say, a really popular radio show on WGN Radio in Chicago, 
they really just kind of want to make sure that it's not, you know, somebody overseas in Russia mm. who's decided to take over your page. But Patrick, the, the, the weird thing was, by the time I had finished taking the picture, it had been approved. Yeah. Yeah. So they so, started. So it took it. like 15 seconds for them to do this, but they give this, oh, we have to. It's going to be three days. And, and that uh, was. It's going to take three days. And then they said, oh, yeah, I know this computer. It's you. We've seen the yeah. picture. It's not that different. So there is a human editor in that case who, uh, <laughs> sadly, is a completely underpaid somebody in Bangalore mm. who that they get paid a couple pennies an hour to to really just review these things as they come in but hmm. it, it there is some human being taking taking a look at this fact is because you're Steve and Johnny they did it quickly but but I would like add a wrinkle to that little old me my own private page on my phone which is how I access mm-hmm. I got the very same message oh, wow. so I mention this because if you guys get it just you know be patient because it, it, it typically mine popped up within five minutes but I was like right. uh-oh this is a real <laughs> kind of a crazy wrinkle and, and Patrick is it just us or it seems on most of the Facebook slash meta platforms they've been going through some changes over over the past week uh like uh, all of a sudden uh, threads is available over in europe and uh, facebook is making different changes uh instagram all of them so is it that there's some major year-end stuff going on so be prepared for things to change I think Facebook's trying to get some things done by the end of the year, but the other thing is Facebook in, and Meta is, or, you know, and all of the online platforms are constantly evolving. So that's one of the things about having something where it's not software on your computer, it's software that's running on a server someplace else, in this case, on Meta's server, is they can update it whenever they want to for whatever reason they want yeah. to and not tell yeah. you about it until <laughs> you get to it. It's like, surprise! Yeah. One other quick thing, uh, and then we are going to get back to Christmas gift suggestions. There was a major upheaval in the uh, in the uh, Twitterverse this past week. Patrick canceled his Twitter slash X page. Is this possibly the first time you've ever done this? Yeah, and, and I'm now, I have to come back on the air and apologize to all of the listeners who remember in the past I said, you never actually, you know, delete your account mm-hmm. on these social media sites. You just walk away and abandon them. This is the first time I ever felt like I really needed to kind of just walk away. And it, it, I have been a Twitter now X user since May of 2008. Um, I think we were right right after you. Of, yeah, yeah. I was. It was my primary way of getting news. I'm just concerned at some of the things that I'm seeing there with the advertising and the type of advertising mm-hmm. showing up. I'm concerned at the whole push to turn X into a money transmission site. Uh, X Twitter now has licenses in over a dozen states to do money transmission. Their goal is to try to get to to be 50 states so they can become an online bank. Hmm. I'm just concerned with the lack of 
any sort of governance or anybody there who is going to kind of corral the company. There's no trust and safety right now. Yep. Um, and I'm concerned. I, I, I'll, I'll put this out there. Back in 2011, there was an online black market called the Silk Road. And online, you could pay with Bitcoin to buy a whole bunch of stuff. Some legal, a lot of it illegal. It could be drugs, it could be hacking, it could be child sexual abuse material. Mm. FBI came in and raided the site in 2013. Um, I really... I'm concerned that we're starting to see a new Silk Road that could show up on X. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be watching from the sidelines. I just I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, right now. Well, and uh, Johnny and I have kind of talked about this, uh, but I think should we make it official that uh, if not this coming week, certainly by the end of the year, but probably in this coming week, we will be deleting our Twitter yeah. account. So Wash if you follow hands. us on Twitter... Uh, move over to threads or to uh, to post or uh, any of a number of places, but not no, there. we're not we're not going to be on Twitter. Mm-mm. It's just icky. By the way, one of my favorite quotes of all time, and this just is like completely clueless. A guy named Jim J, Joe Benarock, who's the head of business operations for X, was talking about and advertisers have been fleeing the platform. And he kind of tried to say, no, you don't have to worry about it. And it was the quote was, well, see, X is evolving new global business with multiple revenue streams. We're not Twitter any longer, and we're not measuring ourselves by the old Twitter metrics, both in revenue and user metrics. In other words, they're the new Jan Brady. <laughs> <laughs> not. And it's like... No, that's not the way it works. You yeah. can't just change your name and say, nope, we're not that company anymore. <laughs> but but l- let me hold you on this for one uh, one quick second. And we'll get back to that, and then we are going to get to a lot of tech computer gift suggestions, mm-hmm. so stay with us. That's coming up on WGN. It's Christmas in Chicago, the snow is on the ground, and I'm going with my baby to see the lights downtown. Hand in hand we walk along, but I don't feel the cold, it's easy to stay warm when I've got you to hold. It's Christmas in Chicago, a special time of year When folks all get together with friends from far and near There's kisses neat the mistletoe and presents round the tree And best of all, there's time for you and me Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio had a lot of requests for that. That's our buddy Bob Young. The guy that does our theme song. Yeah. Or did our theme song. Yeah. Sadly, we lost Bob much too young. What a talent. When you hear music by Bob Young, everything you hear is Bob Young. Yeah. Every instrument, every voice, all recorded in his bedroom. Yeah. Amazing. What a talent. 
Yep. And uh, I don't promise, but uh, keep watching our Facebook page. I'm going to do my best to get that song edited and put in a video form and make Mm -hmm. it available to everybody, um, hopefully, over the next week or so because you got nothing else to do yeah that's i mean right. you got no show next saturday yeah, night so that's right and we really should emphasize that uh this is our last show before christmas because next week there is going to be along with the blackhawks game there is some special holiday programming that's going to happen so this is our last show before christmas we will next talk to you on the uh, what is it the thirtieth mm-hmm. yes and, the and as a matter of fact uh, when we talk to you on the thirtieth um, in studio with us is going to be Patrick and uh, Christine and most importantly Joseph, Joseph. yeah <laughs> uh, his agent has said it's okay he is so looking forward to being on the air he is just he, we keep asking him what are you going to talk about he's I don't know <laughs> because you know why. He will put his head together with me, and we will work out yep. some topics while we're drawing. You know, we're just sitting there, mm-hmm. just kind of lost in our thoughts, and then we'll figure out what's going to happen, and he'll turn to his mother, as he did back in July, and say, Mom, I've I got, got this. this. I'll never right. forget when he said, Mom, really? I've got this. <laughs> like, please. He, he was serious. Back yeah. off, Mom. Yeah. He's seven. <laughs> okay, we, we got a lot of ground to cover, but but let's uh, real quick return to the uh, deleting Twitter. How do you completely delete yes. your account on Twitter? How did you do Two it? Steps. First off, first is completely optional. You may want to download an archive of your posts. What you could do is click on the more icon at the bottom left-hand corner. It's that little three dots. And then click your account. And then click on download an archive of your data. And you'll be asked to enter a password. It then is going to say, hey, this may take up to 24 hours or more. And depending on if there's anybody actually working at Twitter X and they actually figure out how to do it, you may or may not get your archive. You'll get an email at your at your preferred email address and you can download the archive. Um, if you choose not to download the archive or if you've got the archive and you're ready to go, it's a two-step process. First step is you deactivate your account. Deactivate basically turns off your account for 30 days. If you don't access your account within those 30 days, your account then is permanently deleted. Your username goes back into the pool. So within 30 days from now, somebody can go in and pretend to be Crispin if they want it. Um, but what you do is click on the more icon again, the three buttons, three little dots down in the bottom left-hand corner. This time, click on Settings and Privacy, and then click on your your account, and then click on Deactivate Your Account. So it's the more icon, three dots down in the left-hand corner. You're going to click on Settings and Privacy, click on Your Account, and then Deactivate Your Account. Once you deactivate your account, it starts a 30-day clock. As long as you don't log into Twitter at all in the next 30 days or X, um, your account then will be permanently deleted. Your content will be gone. Is there anything you should do to make sure that someone does not try to say, oh, this is Patrick Crispin's account on Twitter? There's nothing you can do. Nope. Wow. There's no trust or safety. Hmm. So take that, right? Yep. All right. We want to get back to gifts. Yeah. 
because listeners, Absolutely. one has a, a great question, but I want you to take it away first before I get to a question about whether or not Santa is going to bring a certain something to Patrick. So go ahead. What's your next thing on your list? I actually have thought of something that very few people think about, and it would be a really nice gift for anybody who is technology savvy and wants to be on the cutting edge is buying that person a chat GPT plus membership. It's $20 a month. And here's the trick. They don't sell them. In other words, you have to give that person $20 a month or give them a gift card or something like that. But chat GPT plus is the ability for somebody to go in and get the latest version of chat GPT You're going to bypass all the other people who are waiting in line. Mm. It gives you a lot of extra bells and whistles. And if you really want to be on the cutting edge of AI, ChatGPT4, which is the latest version right now, is right now the best model that's out there. And if you really want to be sort of doing the great stuff on AI and playing around with it, getting the Plus membership is a great gift and nobody's thinking about doing it i know nobody's thinking of doing it because they don't sell it so you kind of have to give them the money for it (laughs) that's an interesting idea okay and again it would be a great idea for a student in particular Mm -hmm. anybody who's a student anybody who's a business person anybody who does a lot of writing Mm -hmm. any sort of creative it's just it's a wonderful tool um i will tell you well Let's pretend, hopefully nobody at my work is listening. Um, I had to do my performance evaluation the other day, and I may or may not have used <laughs> ChatGPT a little bit. And were you happy <laughs> with what? my performance evaluation. Well, so you were happy with what ChatGPT gave you? I prompted it and said, this is what I need to do. And I, of course, rewrote it and thought uh, it. So I didn't base what it wrote. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, The other one to think about, and again, this is not something you can give directly, but it's a gift that a lot of people could use. The number one growing streaming service in the world right now is not YouTube TV. It's not Twitter. It's not Twitch. It's not ABC or Peacock or anything. It's actually plain old YouTube. More people are spending more time watching mm-hmm. YouTube than any other cable company, any other wow. over-the-air broadcast company. Everybody is using YouTube. And one of the frustrating things about YouTube are all of those bloody ads. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. And you can get what's called a YouTube premium account. It's thirteen ninety nine a month for an individual, or your family is twenty two ninety nine a month, and you can gift somebody, and basically saying, "Hey, I'm going to give you a Google Play card. Here's money on it. Get yourself a YouTube Premium account. It changes the way that you watch YouTube. Imagine YouTube with no ads, and if you've been using." you block origin or anything else without any of the warnings saying, Hey, you're using a pop-up blocker or using an ad blocker. We're going to come and get you. Um, it's a really neat gift. And again, everybody's using YouTube. Not a lot of people are paying for YouTube premium. That's a gift that people are going to appreciate. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. And, and again, that's how much per month? 
thirteen ninety nine a month for individuals and uh, twenty two ninety nine a month for families. You can do up to five people. Wow! Again, it's not something where you can go in and just buy a membership and say, "I want to gift a membership." What you have to do is say, "I'm going to go to Target or Best Buy or Walmart and or even a grocery store, Jewel Osco, and get a what's called a Google Play card." And mm-hmm. it's basically a cash card that they can use to purchase YouTube Premium. You say, hey, I want to give you YouTube Premium. Here's some money for it. Go do it. And it's a really wonderful gift. And we just recently found out that our cable company in Florida is going to go all YouTube as of next year. The cable company is. This is a wow in Florida. And... The technician that came to our house because we had some problems, he came and he, he solved the problems and he said, well, he said, a year from now, I won't be doing this because WOW is partnering with YouTube and they're trying to get everybody to go to, I guess, WOW YouTube streaming service or something like that. Now, are they doing YouTube or YouTube TV? Because YouTube TV is a different thing. That's about 70 or 80 bucks a month, but it is basically a replacement for your cable that uses YouTube. I actually have that here in, in Pasadena as my cable provider is YouTube TV. I it's get quite all possible. my channels through that. I'm going to bet that the technician is not up on it, so he specifically said yeah. it was YouTube because we went, what? So I think over the next yeah, few YouTube months, they'll be... YouTube TV yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes absolutely... Yeah. That I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. And because I was thinking, well, how are they going to be charging us, you know, $150 a month for YouTube when I can get it for $22 a month? Uh, yeah, so YouTube TV. Interesting. Uh, Patrick, we have to take a quick break. We'll come right back. And I'm going to get to the question from a listener named Larry, who wants to know if Santa is going to be bringing Patrick this particular tech gift. So stay with <laughs> us here on WGN. It's the little Saint Nick, Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. One of the few disagreements that we have had over the years. I, right thinking American that I am, love the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And Brian Wilson is slash was a genius. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't die. It's just, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. in a different place now. Johnny, on the other hand, mm-hmm. not so much. I told you a long time ago, take away my All-American Girl card. I don't care because I don't like them. So there. <laughs> now, moving right along. See what I have to put up with, Patrick? <laughs> I saw ah. grooving earlier. <laughs> What did I you say? say? That we were watching Sunset today from the Santa Monica Pier, yes. and it was very much a Beach Boy esque thing. So, oh, <laughs> blah blah blah. I saw the pictures; they were a lot prettier than that. And Julian, what did you just? What did say? you say, Julian? I was going to say I saw you grooving to it earlier. No, actually, I was trying to get a, a kink out of my neck. Oh, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what I was sure. doing. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, Larry says, is Santa going to be bringing Patrick the ultimate tech gift? And I was unfamiliar with this. The Wayfair Ray-Ban Smart Glasses. Now, I thought, yeah, this is like something out of a James Bond movie. These are going to be $1,000. Mm-hmm. 
$300. Not only do they look cool, they block out the sun. They have a built-in microphone and speaker. You can listen to music. You can answer calls. There's a built-in camera for taking photos and videos. And there's a tiny touchpad on the right side temple for easy on-off control. Who wouldn't want these? This so, this sounds like a James Bond thing. Yeah. Okay. So Patrick, the the listener wants to know: Is Santa going to be bringing you these glasses? Not yet. <laughs> this is the first of what we hope is going to be a year of wearables that are going to come out that are going to use cameras and audio and eventually AI and maybe overlays and. Just stay tuned because this is a really, really exciting time to be in technology. Next year is going to be fascinating with the new technologies that are going to be released. And then prices are going to come down, too. I thought $300 was not unreasonable because most Ray-Bans will run you a couple hundred dollars anyway, and they don't do anything but look good. So you get a lot more for that extra hundred bucks. Uh, What else is on your list? uh, Tech gifts that you would recommend? Uh, A real, actually, sort of a hands-on tech gift is if you know any kids that are between eight and twelve years old, or basically anybody who likes building things, or anybody you want to get inspired about science, technology, engineering, mathematics, math. um, Mark Rober, if you know Jimmy Kimmel. Mark Rober shows up on the Jimmy Kimmel Show mm-hmm. all the time. He is a former NASA engineer, how to hear a JPL, um, and he has created CrunchLabs.com, C-R-U-N-C-H-L-A-B-S.com. And he has this these kits that you can order that are for kids 8 to 12 that teach them engineering, and they have them build something every month. The boxes are between 25 and $30 a month. You can do it for what, three months. You can do it for a year. And if you really want to encourage kids who really want to get into engineering and think like an engineer, this is a, these are fantastic gifts. I'm going to wait one more year for Joseph to get these, but I can guarantee you anybody who's been in elementary school has watched Mark Rober's videos, Mm -hmm. knows about Elephant Toothpaste, knows about all the great things that Mark Rober does on YouTube. This is a great gift to think about. And don't overlook girls when it comes to a gift like this. Yes. Because that's what STEM is all about. Include the girls, Mm -hmm. because you might be surprised. They might uh, really embrace this whole idea of engineering. And I think that would be very exciting. And I love the idea. You could try it for a couple of months, or you could just expand it and have something to look forward to every month. I think it's a great gift for kids. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Joseph to turn eight, and I will be getting this for him. I well, promise you. <laughs> you should have stopped with, I will be getting this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will be building this together, because I guarantee you, it, it, this is going to be something that he and I are going to do together. Oh, of course. Uh, I got two gifts for frequent travelers. If you know anybody who travels a lot, especially long-haul flights from Chicago to, say, Los Angeles or to (laughs) Miami or whatever, um, and they're going to be watching in-flight movies a lot, one of the problems that you're going to discover is that the planes today have in-flight entertainment, but they don't allow you to use your Bluetooth headphones with them. There's a company called 12 South. And if you go to the Apple Store or go on theapplestore.com, 
12 South carries something called a 12 South Airfly Pro Deluxe Bluetooth transmitter. It's not 65 bucks, but you plug it into the headphone jack on the seatback entertainment in front of you, and then you can use your Bluetooth headphones and watch the movie without having a cord that goes between you and the seat in front of you. Sounds hmm. kind of silly, but if you travel a lot, this is going to be a great gift. Hmm. The other thing to think about is a lot of people, instead of watching the in-flight entertainment, you watch things on their phones. And the problem is your phone is not really going to be propped up or in a way for you can you can see it unless you have something underneath it. Mophie makes something called the Mophie Magnetic Portable Stand. It's MagSafe compatible. It's about 30 bucks. You can get that at the Apple Store as well. And it really sort of just raises up your phone. You stick it on it with a magnet and then tilt it up towards you. Hmm. So if you're going to take a long-haul flight and you want to watch movies on your phone instead of the in-flight entertainment, in-flight screen, that's a really good thing to think about. A quick question from a listener wants to know if I... Photo sticks, brand name, are good to use for backups on any devices. Um, what is the name of it? Photo sticks. Photo sticks. I've never heard of them. I wonder. I, I wonder if this is a thing that I've seen this popping up a lot on various social media. In a nutshell, uh, it's a uh, thumb drive. You plug it in. It grabs your photos. It grabs all of the photos that are on your computer, and it. Uh, it doesn't take duplicates. So if you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you have every photo that is on your computer, this magically jumps into your hard drive and says, okay, hmm. here it is, and no, I'm not going to take duplicates. We'll have to find out. I would out. be concerned about this. I would, think, I would think you would want to just go get a Samsung external hard drive and said, Samsung makes their own hard drives. It's a name-brand company out of Korea. They're everywhere get a Samsung SSD, plug it into your computer, it's going to be a much more stable approach. For any of your backup needs. For any of your backup needs. Got it. Not just pictures. Okay. Uh, You mentioned a company called Mophie. Is that what it was? Yeah, M-O-P-H-I-E. Okay. They also make external batteries and things like that. Mm -hmm. They're they're sort of a competitor for Anchor. But Mophie, the Mophie Magnetic Portable Stand, MagSafe Power Compatible, and you can get it at uh, the Apple Store. Well, that reminded me. I might have dropped a hint. I dropped a hint to Christine that I might be wanting that. Uh, (laughs) Well, that reminded me of company that I had put in in my want folder. The company is Motley M O T L I Motley. Motley actually makes. You know, we have a smokeless fire pit, and I frequently am standing over that fire pit trying to flick one of those goofy Mm -hmm. lighters, and the wind, slight wind, and you don't get it. This is a USB lighter company, and they've created a lighter that will last literally forever. It's charged through a USB cable, so no batteries are wasted. You can light candles or or fire pits in the wind. Um, You can light your gas grills, your outdoor grills. If a blackout catches you unaware, the LED flashlight located at the top will will get you to, you know, safety. Uh, It's amazing. And it's like 40 bucks on Amazon. The Motley Light. Yeah, the USB lighter. So... Santa, are you listening? Hmm. I never thought I would ask for a lighter, but I just know how frustrated I am standing out there freezing, waiting to start a fire. Now, now Patrick, you're a witness. (laughs) 
The last time Johnny asked S- for any kind of uh, tech thing, yeah, was the yeah. was the Breville. Yeah, and, I said to Santa, uh, yeah, yeah, <sighs> if you're listening, and and now we have a, a, a contraption that we still haven't figured out <laughs> that doesn't come with a clock. Oh, that's a different story. <laughs> uh, Patrick, thank you for your time. We will see Happy you soon, it. but we'll talk to you soon too. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye bye now. Stay with us. More coming up on WGN.